Hey there. If you would like to support this show and the network of shows that it belongs to, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, you do help us make the shows, but you also get lots of cool stuff in return, like a whole extra show. We are in, uh, um, you know, October. We have horror stuff on the mind. Uh, check it out and uh, listen to Unfilmable, our uh, bonus show about horror movies. It is a real good time. You can find that by going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireball's Dispatch, our monthly Q&A listener response episode announcement topic episode. Yeah. And uh, this month we're going to be answering your questions. We're going to be reading your responses to Silent Hill and Resident Evil. Nobody has played Echo uh, and therefore. I really scooped you on that one, didn't I? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh well. Um so yeah, nothing from Echo. That's in, that's uh that's unfortunate because I wanted to hear some other people's experience with that. I did. It's such a weird yeah. one. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then uh and then uh revealing what we're gonna be talking about. All for winter. A, yeah, for the winter WRPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh drops of December. Um yeah, I'll get us started here with Fussy Don't Feel Well. Uh no, we don't. Mm-hmm. Um Holy shit, I just listened to the episode where Cole told the story when his stepfather parlayed uh, Cole's misfortune of being trampled into a Planet Hollywood jacket for himself. This made me laugh my ass off. I'm certain this is an impossible task, but I would love a recurring dude rock segment with stories of grown-ups, men, women, non-binary, behaving with brazen self-indulgence to win petty prizes. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure that there might be examples of that from my life in addition to the, the, the uh, 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 trampling. A lot of it might just mm-hmm. be my, st- my stepdad. <laughs> Uh, and I don't feel, yeah, I don't, uh, I I don't feel, I don't feel especially comfortable bringing uh, too much family stuff onto the, onto the network. But, uh, if I, if I think of something and, you know, I'll bring it up on abject suffering. I'm happy you enjoyed, I'm happy you enjoyed my trauma. (laughs) Recurring is the tough one. Recurring is the tough one. Intentionally recurring is, uh, is hard. And then, yeah. And then it's also like, I've, I've got stuff like that, but I've told them all and they're all sad. (laughs) <laughs> you know they're not fun like not that your trampling wasn't sad right in, in terms of tramplings go it was actually pretty great but <laughs> in terms, i mean i survived <laughs> that's a start yeah like in terms of legendary tramplings like i feel like that's yeah know, it, fall, it falls short of that well. one who concert yeah yeah uh, my dad one time for my birthday took me to a los lobos free concert and when uh you know and he didn't give me any gifts because he didn't have any money so he stole a guns and roses jean jacket from somebody else's seat when they went to the bathroom and gave it to me <laughs> even uh, related to the show <laughs> no it was just a guns guns and roses uh jean jacket and it did not fit super well <laughs> and he just took it because somebody like left it he'll find his keepers oh gosh very senior <laughs> uh that's really sad i'm sorry <laughs> to yeah, go through yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't dude <laughs> he, he, you know? he made you an accessory mm-hmm. to a crime 
Yeah. Jagger crime. Uh-huh. And like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like a big GNR fan mm-hmm. or anything either. I think he just like, Gary likes music. Right. Right. You know, he likes Los Lobos. <laughs> he likes, you know. I see what what I think is if you try to em- embroider Guns N' Roses or any of their associated iconography onto any article of clothing, it morphs into a jean jacket. I think that that is yeah. just a it's the universe correcting itself. Yeah, no matter what it is, I have some jean jacket underwear. <laughs> that can attest. They're really uncomfortable. <laughs> like you know when uh, you it, 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 like uh, when you like uh, uh, what is it commando it. Uh, yeah, and, like your dick is just rubbing up uh, against the back of a zipper. For oh, you get that. You get the, you get the you get the seam is a is a, yeah. is a real problem there. All yeah. seam these underwear. O- oops, all seam. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> denim uh, underwear is an idea. I'm surprised I haven't seen that. I'm I'm sure that there's like denim print underwear because people are cowards. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, expose your mucous membrane to the <laughs> to the shit. <laughs> Do it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> build a callus yeah. <laughs> oh god uh on the game questions andrew says i'm currently rounding out the level five bosses in darkest dungeon uh and i've realized that requiring you to fight the same bosses multiple times as you hone your strategies against them is sort of similar to a hated portion of bravely default a worse game obviously there are significant differences more repeated bosses you're not fighting them all in a row the combat is infinitely better but it got me thinking what are some mechanics that you hated in one game but loved in another and uh what made it work in one yeah this is um this is i'm I'm in the middle of uh marinating this now with stardew because yeah. i think stardew has a lot of like treadmill stuff in it that i don't like mm-hmm. um and a lot of collectathon stuff yeah which i i really don't like but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying it i'm just i'm rectifying that so i ended up actually i talked to andrew about this in the slack so yeah. andrew knows my answer <laughs> um i'll tell you'll I'll take your answer off air yeah in the past <laughs> uh but yeah the, the, there'll be more of that when we talk about that game because yeah. that is a game I'm, I'm really enjoying but having i'm justifying it to myself because it is it does a lot of things that i think are like in other games i find pretty vile like i do not like collect five of these things to get this upgrade that makes fast travel Mm-hmm. accessible i think that sucks yeah um it works in stardew but i'm still trying to figure out why it doesn't bother me there mm-hmm. yeah so. um this is similar to the darkest dungeon example but uh it's not something that i dislike but it's something that i'm disinterested in uh what comes to mind is jamestown actually the shoot 'em up that we covered oh, sure. that ended up being really good i generally if i'm going to play a game unless it's something rare and special like the different puzzle levels on silent hill 2 and 3 um will not fuck around with difficulty settings i'll just kind of mm-hmm. you know pick normal and then play it like i'm not a person who attempts to platinum anything i'm not a person who uh you know takes a lot of uh pride in beating something on hell impossible to difficulty or whatever but jamestown that is such a uh the, the way that difficulty is designed in that and uh, as a way to teach you how to play shoot 'em ups um, it is mm-hmm. such a cannily and well done thing that I really relished climbing up the ranks in that. Um, yeah. and in, in a way that I just don't, um, in other games because it's literally just part of the progression in that game. Yeah. That's, that's a good answer. Yeah. You know, it almost applies just to shooters and ge- like shmups in general. Cause yeah. it's not a genre I, I really love, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, the things that in, 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 in total yeah. is something I usually don't like. Yeah. Um, but when done really, really well. And the, the thing for that, the, the, um, the differentiator is just like pure quality. Yeah. 
you know, and it is really it take, approachable and good. It, it takes care of you. Yeah. Yeah. I like being taken care of. I want to be held. Mm-hmm. Cuddled. You know. Supported. You know? Encouraged. Yeah. 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 Baby bird. That's not, that's not really true. Um, yeah. Uh, Ryan says, uh, talk about some puzzles in non-puzzle games and what makes them good. Inspired by the puzzle discussion in RE8. What makes them good is if they don't get in the way. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare for them to be like standouts in games that are not puzzle focused. Yeah, yeah. Like my my mind immediately went to um, the computer puzzle in Gabriel Knight Three. Oh yeah, yeah, but that is that is a puzzle game. Like adventure games are basically you know about solving puzzles. Same thing in um, in survival horror games. I would say that puzzles are you know classically a mix of those. They've they've faded away, but for a good ten years, they were kind of a key component of them of the of that series. Or of, the, of that genre, yeah. yeah. And with, uh, you know, with with survival horror games, a lot of the time when you say like "don't get in the way," like basically, like the the level of complexity that I want in a Resident Evil puzzle mm-hmm. is usually something, you know, the the piano puzzle in Silent Hill one is the top. Yeah, and I'm much more used to like, here's a poem about how people get old. Click mm-hmm. on these portraits in the right order. Yeah. Uh, from young, youngest to oldest. Mm-hmm. It's just a task. And that kind of stuff, uh, you know, sucks usually. Like, it, I don't like it in an action game, mm-hmm. you know? So I guess, like, that that's maybe the secret answer and the thing these have, thing, these have in common is that, like, if I am playing Zelda and I'm having fun swinging a sword around mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I'm in a room and they're like, hey, light these torches yeah. in the right order, it feels like a pacing interruption. Whereas if I'm doing slow exploratory kind of, uh, you know, things that that are a little bit less reflex focused and less kinetically fun. Mm -hmm. And I take a moment to, to click on some things. It fits the rhythm a lot better. Yeah. I'm trying to decide where, um, like hacking mini games fit in those because Mm -hmm. potentially if those are done poorly, those can be, um, those can be pacing killers, but like, I don't know. I love hacking and fallout games. That little mastermind game that you play is real fun and engaging to me. I can't think of a hacking game I don't like. <laughs> it's real weird. Like I, I like all of them. I don't. I don't care you for know? the uh, like the like the weird word matching that you do in Alpha Protocol. And then, like that's yeah. a bit of a bummer to me. Uh, but I, that, I think that would just like, be only a visual. the bummer because the controller. Yeah. Like it was. It was so weird because it, it. Your cursor was on ice. Like your cursor <laughs> turned into a three D Mario ice skater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I really like the hacking mini games uh, in both uh, uh, Bioshock One and Two. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I like it in Deus Ex. Like, that's a fun little mini game. I wish that that was just on on uh, a mobile phone, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I love, I love picking locks in Oblivion. Yeah. Like you know, a little bump. So if, if those count as if those count as puzzles, um, then I feel good about them if they if they are especially good. Um yeah, because I mean, especially in those cases, that is uh, player uh, player skill and avatar power mixing in really in really neat ways, as mm-hmm. well. You know, you can you can get over a real difficult, uh, you know, a real difficult puzzle that you might not be statted for if you're just really good at the game, right? Yeah, yeah, in the in the best ones, yes. You know, like, uh, and then you're also um, I really like it because they also fit that slower pace usually. Yeah. You know, like Bioshock, out of all the things we talked about, is probably the fastest paced of those. But it doesn't feel um, out of out of rhythm mm-hmm. to stop and do that. And the second one, they integrate it into the actual action. Yeah. Like, more games need to steal the hacking from Bioshock 2. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and how that, that fits into the world. So yeah, like not unintrusive is a good answer Yeah, for those. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing about the Bioshock 2 one is the hacking itself is also kinetic. True. Like you're doing this kind of uh, action-based play and then you're doing this little timing exercise while, mm-hmm. you know, while you're playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Bioshock 2, man. <laughs> it's a good um, game. <laughs> it's real good. <laughs> uh, no Mel asks uh happy spooktober i hope you guys are having uh fun spooking all over each other uh what is your ideal resident evil game uh if that's too tricky which re spinoff would you have remade none i'll let myself out veronica uh yeah it could be code veronica that's considered to be a spinoff yeah uh it's i mean it's it's mainline but it's Mm -hmm. it's the the one i think is most desperate in need of fixing I would say, um, like a, like a modern way to play, uh, to play outbreak would be fun, especially if you fix the load times. You can, uh, you can do that. Me and Derek, uh, played outbreak. There's a way to play that hmm. with co-op. Um, we really struggle with that one. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, I, 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 we couldn't really get into it. It's an odd duck. Like, yeah. It's a real odd duck. Like they're weird games. Um, taking that and remaking it and making it you know smoother uh, yeah a little smoother would be really good yeah i think mm-hmm. so um yeah uh joseph says uh i'm so happy that you included lisa's theme in the silent hill episode i've never played any of the games so i've watched gameplay and stuff and that scene where she dies is creepy and heartbreaking so creepy and heartbreaking and the song really does set the scene or do the scene justice in my opinion uh since we're on the topic of silent hill would you guys be cool with the first three silent hill games being remade in the recent uh like the recent re remakes so graphics and gameplay uh obviously um i'm less interested in them being remade than i am just being ported forward to be available on modern systems weirdly enough like silent hill 4 is available on gog like they just it's it's compatible with basically any pc now and can be run i would love to see that happen uh for uh one two and three especially you know now that modern systems just kind of can't can't swing those and also because they are very uh they're very costly uh if i could Mm -hmm. be guaranteed that the quality of the remakes would be like to to the par like to the level of resident evil 2 and 3 remakes i would say yeah uh go nuts but i'm not uh i'm not confident that that could happen so i would say i'd rather not risk it i am almost confident it couldn't happen yeah like i don't like so silent hill one to me the charm of that is entire is based on the platform i don't want those graphics to look better same uh silent hill 2 i don't trust anyone to rewrite it not like you know not not even close mm-hmm. you know like them remaking it i guess out of the three silent hill 3 i could see benefit from it because it's a little less of a narrative swing mm-hmm. and it doesn't have the the system atmosphere yeah. so if i had to choose it'd be three mm-hmm. but three is already a remake of one a game that has been like remade and retold a bunch of times yeah or a sequel to you know, one. kind of a remake yeah. Yeah. Sequel to one, you know, dealing with some of the same stuff. It's, uh, that would be weird as well. Like, because the series is very convoluted. <laughs> Do it like they, um, like they did point. the, the, the Metal Gear, the Metal Gear Solid co- uh, collections where. The Twin Snakes? Or not, not, not like Twin Snakes. Hill 3, the Twin Hills. <laughs> uh, the Twin, the Twin Hills is the, uh, is the, is the, uh, t- the, 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 uh, what is it? Restaurant down the, down the road. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Those restaurants. Yeah. Um, I, I, I about said titty coffee shops, but that doesn't make any sense. 
There um, are titty. We have titty coffee shops here. We have these little stands where there's like bikini girls. I've never seen them manned. But I've seen the signs for them. Well, they'd be uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but but do like do an updated re uh, you know uh, reissue of Silent Hill three, but then just include uh, an emulated version of Silent Hill one uh in yeah. uh, as a, as like a like a bonus in the menu almost like, really le- like le- or, le- or you go and you play at the mall oh the yeah. Kiosk. yeah yeah that'd be awesome mm-hmm. but i i just don't want anyone to touch Silent hill too nope that's that's my main thing is i just don't trust like, i don't i don't want them to backport yeah. um stuff from like later games aesthetically into silent hill 2 silent hill 2 is, is yeah. really is really strange and washed out and not as like bloody uh as uh as the series would ultimately get uh, mm-hmm. It is more dingy than anything, and to you know, bloodify it would be, I think, take away from the sense of despair. You know, yeah, yeah, it just uh, be yeah. different. And making uh, them available is good, but they're also available though purely through emulation. True, you know, now so like they are available, but making them, it'd be cool for some of the people who made them to make some money. Yeah, I'm not worried about Konami, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Gabriel writes, uh, do you guys ever make up lyrics to old games music when you were kids? Or did you guys ever make up, uh, lyrics to old games music when you were kids? My little kid mind would just come up with nonsense lyrics to games on the SNES. I can't remember much of them, but I remember when Mario finishes the level in Super Mario World, I used to sing in my head, uh, the jingle, uh, big motors, they're ripping you off. Dun, 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 dun. Can I, can I give that? Yeah. Yes. Yes, big, please. Big motors, they're ripping you off. Dun, 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 dun. But I think it's the idea here. There yeah. we go. I couldn't remember the tune, uh, from there. All I can remember I, is the. Uh, I love when I, 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 when I was reading this, I was like, why, why is Gabriel saying this until the tune came ahead? And I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Gabriel finishes. Usually I would just sing, uh, the name of the game, uh, to the music. Uh, if you guys have, uh, any like this, please share. Uh, the one that I can remember is, uh, the theme song to, uh, Rystar or Rister. If you're going to correct me, if you're going to be that person, uh, goes a da 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 um, and I would just go Rystar. He is a, and then just make up a little something after that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I did this and I can't remember Yeah, what they are. Uh, I do somebody at, um, a Petro Portland Metro gaming expo came up and, and told us about the, uh, Super Mario World, uh, one, two, skip a few, 99, 100, <laughs> uh, which I really like. And I still sing that to myself now, but it yeah. wasn't original. I think, um, I, I, I heard somebody, um, say that they, they, they couldn't hear the, uh, the Zelda, uh, kind of fanfare, the da na na na, without mm-hmm. thinking of it as, you got the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. all that stuff is fun. Yeah. It occupies the same uh, brain space as singing and talking to my cats. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. I, I've been real into the Mr. Burns. I've been like, you're quite good at being a cat <laughs> uh, to the cats lately. <laughs> and then they just look at you. Yeah. Yeah. That's because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick asks, uh, hey, dudes, I have recently been watching Gary's Darkest Dungeon Let's Play and re-listened to the old New Vegas episodes, which had an episode on some of the New Vegas mods. Uh, what are some of your favorite mods? To narrow that down somewhat, excluding quality of life mods such as DS fix or other bug fixes that you see for Gamebryo games. Favorite mods? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be real basic on this and just say uh, like Dark Souls mods that we've talked to death because uh, I really don't engage with mods very often, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But like uh, the Dark Souls randomizer and the Dark Souls roguelike were both really, really interesting. Yeah, um, those are fun. Yeah. Uh, th- those are, you know, those are those are really up there. I All the ones in, in Darkest Dungeon that I did, like not all of them, but a bunch of those are really cool. Yeah. In terms of stuff that we haven't, I haven't like let's played um, the cut content mod oh, yeah. for Fallout 2 is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can like there, because it's based on the Bible, like it's based on literal, you know, the fallout Bible, not that that's the name of the thing. It's not me, you know, using language carelessly, Yeah, but it, it's a, uh, they had the design documents, you know, are leaked and they're public. Uh, and then people went and restored them. So like you can go through the EPA with all the, it's, it's a prototype for old world blues. Mm-hmm. It's all like warring AIs and like sentient toasters and shit. Um, and they just like put it in there and it's really cool. Nice. Um, Deus Ex also does really, really great mods. Um, the, uh, the one that I covered, there's a Duckfeed presents. I talked about it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that, that, that is excellent. So shifter ship shifter. Is that what it's called? It might be there. There's two of them. that are kind of in competition. Hmm. Um, and then there's the nameless mod, which is the one that's based on like forum drama that everyone says is really good. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it's based on forum mm, drama. That's though. a, that's a hard I, sell. I tried it. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand what's happening. Like, <laughs> who's the game King? It's 69. <laughs> and why should I care about it? Yeah. Like, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 if somebody tried to sell me based on that, I would, I would just point in the opposite direction until they walked away. Yeah. Run. I would turn into a, 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 like when Homer runs away and there's this shape, you know, in the smoke. <laughs> Sorry. Homer? Homer? Okay. Yeah. And then just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> Josh writes, uh, I, like you two, found Disco Elysium to be a triumph uh, and incredibly cathartic. It got me thinking, uh, are there any games that deal with, or are there any other, any other games that deal with breakups? Most games that play uh, in that territory seem to see uh, the fallout of a relationship due to the death of a spouse, but are there some games that deal with the with plain, uh, with plain old breaking up and all of the pain thereafter? I was going to make a Silent Hill joke there, but, um, yeah, that's what a, what a breakup. Yeah. They decided to, they decided to go their separate ways. Yeah. It's a deal breaker. Um, yeah, it's a deal breaker. It's a real red flag when your spouse is on fire. <laughs> yeah. That's a red flag. Um, the, uh, I, uh, I, I buy into the interpretation that this is what Bastion's ultimately about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the closest thing I can think of, but it's yeah. not as good as Disco Elysium. Like I've been losing my mind, uh, itching for more Disco Elysium and to replay that and recapture that experience. Yeah. I'm recently. trying to decide if I want to double dip and get it on the switch or if I want to, uh, if, I, if I just want to play it on the PC. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm certainly going to end up double dipping. Yeah. Cause I, I got it. But I mean, just the, the, the kind of the dialogue and the, it, it was, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it the other day. This is not really answering the question, but yeah. I had stuck in my head the other day, the, the, you know, my God, there's still time scene. I mean, we, t- we, we talked about it a few weeks ago too. And I got, I straight up got goosebumps on the air. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's so good. And it, it just, it makes me feel so wild that like I will read essays and stuff and people are getting that from like rogue galaxy. Yeah. And I'm like, you're doing so much lifting. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't have to pretend like this is really great writing. Yeah. Uh, Cause no. there, there's games that have like writing out there that just does it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it does. It, it makes other games look bad. 
Yeah. And the, and, and the, tr- and the trick is appreciating that and knowing that and living it without having it just make everything else appear gray and lifeless in comparison. Yeah. And, and for me, I think it's part of my gradual shift over the years of mechanics forward games mm-hmm. is finding narrative forward games, like generally pretty lacking, mm-hmm. you know, and then this, this, uh, you know, running into disco Elysium or like, uh, you know, hearts of stone or something like, you know, yeah. these very, very well written, mm-hmm. uh, thematically rich games, um, after like a lifetime of, you know, uh, I don't know, final fantasy four, like being my like thematically rich game because Cecil turns into a paladin, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just like, Oh, what a change, you know, be, be, that's be, a real because, character growth because it, because literally anything about a character changes. Yeah. 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 Because it, it's incredible for the time, but mm-hmm. I don't need to put those for the time training wheels on anymore. Yeah. Um, and disco Elysium ended up being this thing where it's like, this really does, this is a bright light that is showing how deep the shadows are mm-hmm. uh, in this. Yeah. Uh, you mentioning Hearts of Stone. I mean the uh, uh, the relationship between Olgird and uh, and his wife that that is a little bit uh, complicated uh, because oh, of yeah. how because of how it ended. But um, I really enjoy what's the name of the of the female lead in, in Hearts of uh, Hearts of Stone that you end up working with. It's like Shauna or something like that. It, it is something like that. It's uh, people are going to lose their mind. Shana, yeah, it's like Sherry or Sh- something Sharna, like that. Sharna. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Sherry. Yeah, it's something like that. I, I I need to replay that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, th- that's a real kind of bittersweet kind of thing. Like she's not a main yeah. romance, and you obviously have history with each other. And then like decide, you know, uh, however far you want to take it, it is it is still a parting of the ways. You know, so that's a little bit like you know maybe like reconnecting with an ex kind of you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But um. Yeah, I wouldn't say there. The only other one that I can think of is Braid. Um, yeah, you know, and Miramaya is going to vary on that because there are other interpretations on there on there too, um, including the nuclear bomb one, which I do not uh, I do not stand for. It's frustrating. It will not stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so more games about breakups. Yeah. I'm, and I that the, there are infinite number of breakup games on itch that we're just not talking about because discoverability, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or discoverability and just and just time. Yeah, you know, and and then being closer to reading an essay than yes. than playing a video game. Like I want this to be in the medium of of a video game. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't really want to watch like Ren P characters read an essay. Sure, you know. So yeah. Uh, is this me or you? Uh, I believe this will be you. Uh, Tony Sleaze, like the legendary <laughs> 80s producer Tony Sleaze uh, from Sleaze Town Records, says, either of you have a fart that you shouldn't have trusted story that you would like to share? <laughs> you know, and the answer to that is no, but we can camp on it for a minute. Yeah. Um, um, I don't uh, I don't trust farts. No, no. In a general sense, I don't do uh, them unless it's like Derek came and visited and we were just like farting like crazy because it's the lighthouse. Like it was two men in close captivity. Like what are mm-hmm. we going to do? Yeah. Um, but in general, I don't, I don't generally fart around people because I don't trust them. And it doesn't mean that I'm constantly shitting myself. Mm-hmm. It just I have not. Uh, my body does, isn't good at telling me when something's going to be like super rank. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, like if this is going to like I don't want to do something that's going to ruin somebody's day. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, so. I'm, you know, with my, with my gut issues, I get super anxious whenever I feel, whenever I feel any storm clouds on the horizon. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I generally kind of stay on top of that and, uh, you know, defer, defer those activities to the, uh, to the proper quarters 
uh, let's say. Yeah. Um, Farting in the bathroom is great, dude. Yeah. Like, it's very safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, n- n- no, I just, uh, I, you know. The few, the, you know, the, the, like the one time recently where I, where, where I, uh, uh, lost, lost control, uh, it was just mm-hmm. a nightmare situation and uh, like literally one of the worst days. Um, I'm lucky enough yeah. that that can be one of the worst days of my life, but like just, just, just nightmarish and embarrassing and, uh, yeah, can't stand it. Yeah. Any day that you don't get trampled is a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 nobody nobody got a planet hollywood jacket out of this one bud yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like and if they did <laughs> no thanks no no <laughs> yeah check the liner oh. um <laughs> so, um josh uh josh f uh writes some nice words uh thank you josh mm-hmm. uh but uh mm-hmm. they they have a, a basic question here nice and basic i don't think i've heard one before do you have any go-to karaoke songs if so what are they um yeah i i do uh a bunch that i, I have a rotating selection mm-hmm. i really like uh because of the night like video killed the radio star uh, there was something, there's always something there to remind me, mm-hmm. um, before I started feeling gross about Morrissey, uh, I really like doing, uh, sweet head, mm-hmm. uh, sweet head. Um, but I, then I started feeling gross about Morrissey. Well, yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want you know, you want, you want to make the, sure the Nazism and all. Uh, yeah. The, the, the just the the, t- t- turning out to be just, just some of the worst. Yeah. yeah. Racist militant, militant vegan <laughs> shithead. <laughs> Weird so. and bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I you know I've got a I've got a handful. Um, I like doing mm-hmm. uh, uh, like like on the on the more raucous side. I like doing "Hush" by Deep Purple. That's a mm-hmm. that, 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 that's a good one. Um, I like "Near Wild Heaven" by REM if they have it. I'm literally just looking down my favorites in the voice box <laughs> uh, page right now. Look at um, you, Johnny, on the spot with the voice box. <laughs> I just like right. it's it's tough. It's been it's been forever since I've gone uh, oh, yeah. since I've gone and done it, which is uh, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like uh, um, I, I like fastballs the way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, was, uh, just a, just a few things like that. It's a good time, and then uh, you know, obviously there there are standbys that are participatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I miss it. Me It'd be too. fun when yeah that can come back when that resumes. Yeah. Uh, moving on to media questions, Ryan says, uh, "Do you guys like music?" Uh, and you guys like Lovecraft, would you do a one-off on Rudimentary Peenies, uh 1980X album Cacophony, which is half biography, half fiction, takes on Lovecraft? Um, I, I don't I, know what that is. Yeah. I uh, I, 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 I tend to I tend to make to, to really make shows about things that I have uh, that, that I have a prior experience with. Yeah. And I, I might check it out, but I, I am uh uh a music not like snob makes it sound like it's about quality mm-hmm. it's not about quality i just there's the genres of music i don't like i really don't like mm-hmm. um and uh if this is like metal adjacent or angry i'm, I'm not gonna like it yeah because uh, i don't i don't like hard rock or metal mm-hmm. um so i maybe I'll, i will check it out but it seems unlikely yeah uh not not to personally break your heart no. one-to-one yeah, if that's a if that's a recommendation, kind of similarly, my my listening dance card is 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 full because of stagnation, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like not taking <laughs> on newcomers right now. Yeah, 
Um, so Alicia writes, this is another media question. Uh, this is a, uh, a silly question. Thanos has decided that there is too much pop culture in the universe. Um, and with the snap of a finger, he is going to erase from existence all movies, albums, games, etc., uh, made in either even or odd years. Being a nice guy, he's giving you the choice. What goes even or odd? Oh, that's really tough. That is really tough. Uh, it made tougher by I don't remember what years things came out. In. <laughs> like thinking, my, my instinct is keep odd because 1977 was this huge year for like yeah. um, music, like Talking Heads, Blondie, like you know the beginning of like 80s cool mm-hmm. uh, kind of new wave and college rock. Yeah, around then. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, th- um, I'm thinking about it in terms of uh, in terms of video games, and I almost want to say odd. Um, because like a lot of the biggest years for games were uh, were were even. So your nineteen ninety eight Dark Souls. Um, what's up? Lose Dark Souls. Yeah, but that that's what complicates it because you lose Dark yeah. Souls and you lose Bloodborne. You you keep um <laughs> you keep Dark Souls two, but you have to take Dark Souls three in the uh in the yeah. uh in in the deal in the bargain. You know, in the bargain. Um, God I, damn. It, and it's tough. It's tough for me with uh with 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 movies as well. Um, cause I, yeah. uh, I, I know the, uh, I know the, um, dates on those less, um, also with yeah, odds, I, I you lose Silent Hill one and Silent Hill two. Uh, that's rough. Yeah. I, I, I think that what I would end up having to do is just trust that there'd be stuff that I love in either one and I'd be losing a lot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, like it's not, I can't in my head, like fight Deus Ex and Dark Souls. So I would just pick one and then live with the results and then yeah. be really mad at Thanos um, and then go kill him at his farm. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm probably going to say like flip a coin. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, maybe, may, 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 I don't know. I go back and forth. I don't want to fight Silent Hill mm-hmm. two and dark souls or, you know, it's very difficult. Yeah. Resident yeah. Evil two and dark souls, you know, would we, would we be here without Dark Souls? Don't know. You know, at the same like same level. You know, we we haven't entirely made our our job out of that, but it's certainly yeah. a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. You know, so in that point, in that case, like, am I literally choosing between like keeping my job or <laughs> working as an office manager somewhere? Mm-hmm. You know, while doing this part time, like I, it that is a, a insidious question. It is. This yeah. is in no way is this silly, Alicia. Mm-hmm. You have taken us down. <laughs> um yeah i am undone <laughs> yeah yeah that's it for us well it's been fun uh this this winter we're doing this game and let's go okay. <laughs> the, um... uh let's see i think this is you uh doug asks uh, you guys cover a lot of horror aimed at adults but i'm curious if you have a favorite kid halloween movie i'm watching a lot of disney uh sleepy hollow and hocus pocus with my kids hence the question mm-hmm. uh gremlins for me Oh yeah, Gremlins it's, is a good. That's one. A, it takes place at Christmas, but it's spooky. Yeah, um, I uh, it, it, I have no idea. It's been a long time since I've uh, since I have seen it, but um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, I still I, I like the laugh to, sp- to the laugh to scare ratio in my memory of Ernest Scared Stupid. Actually, oh, sure. Yeah. Um, in my head today, this I was actually thinking about that game, or that movie today, <laughs> and I couldn't remember the name. And in my head, I was like, "It's not Ernest Scared Shitless. What is it?" And in my head, I kept thinking about Ernest Scared Shitless, like the dark edgy sequel. <laughs> like, um, uh, oh, that's pretty good. 
Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking at some I'm looking at a list here, just like a, a editorial at Rotten Tomatoes. Just I just did a search for kids Halloween movies or kid horror movies. Uh, they have mm-hmm. Poltergeist listed here. What a, <laughs> and, what a charmer! At number eleven, what a, what a little romp. Yeah, what, a, what that a, is. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, cl- classics they, again. I, I apologize if, the, if this is cheating to look at a list. Uh, but um, Beetlejuice and the Adams Family, uh, for sure. No, yeah, those are. I, I don't think of Beetlejuice as kids aimed, but if the list says that, yeah, <laughs> the, no. the list also has Poltergeist. So, uh, so yeah. take it as a <laughs> yeah. grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna plant a flag in the sand here. Okay. You know what uh, movie I I didn't like as much as everyone uh, else around me when it came out, and now I am annoyed whenever I think about what uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I never. Uh, that's listed as number one here on uh, on Rotten it's Tomatoes. It's obnoxious. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's. It, I, I, I saw it around the time it came out, and I found it really boring. And then uh, everything else since then has become like a. I don't like to talk about it because it, it's just kind of like a hating the fans kind of kind of deal. Yeah. Um, you know, but just like it was the hot topic revival, right? You know, where Jack, yes. Jack Skellington and and all of that, and then just it's a real indication of where Tim Burton would go. After the you know the high water marks of Pee Wee's Big Adventure and uh, Ed Wood, um, yeah. yeah, no, I I I don't think that at least here you're in company that just uh, that that doesn't get it. It's a musical. You know what else is a good answer for this? Uh, Coraline. Oh, I've never seen Coraline. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I'm sure that you, it's the worst possible thing you can say when somebody says I haven't seen something. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's good. No, it's so, just I mean, it, it, you know, watch what you want, but it's yeah. good. I, I, I believe you. I have I have heard very good things about it. It just uh, it came out in a uh, came out in a weird uh, in a, like in a weird gap for me in watching mm-hmm. uh, in watching movies. It just I was not necessarily at the right age where I was clamoring for it. I had to go see mm-hmm. it in theaters and then just missed it. Um, missed it on home media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. pretty. Like I've seen the I've seen the trailer for it. But. Yeah, it's super cool looking. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Andy K two fifty uh, writes uh, with it being Rocktober. I was wondering whether you have any spooky movie recommendations apart from those featured on Unfilmable, particularly the ones that you have watched for the first time this year. Um, also, have either of you seen Jug Face? Uh, I just watched it this week and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. It's hard to describe, but it feels like uh, competently made outsider art, if that makes any sense. Uh, anyway, happy Samhain to, bo- to you both, and don't forget to hail payment and live deliciously. I will do. Yeah. Uh, also, a very fun thing to say to a cat is walk out to him and be like, you are Pyman. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just do the speech from the end of the to the cat. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> they, the look they give on you is very similar to the one in the movie uh-huh. uh, i have struck out real bad this year i was mm. planning on doing an entire uh you know shocktober a movie every day and then did other stuff instead um and then uh the movies i've watched uh the, you know, the coolest one that i watched this this year is hellraiser 2 yeah um i'd seen that before but i hadn't seen it in a really long time that movie fucking slaps mm-hmm. um it's really good uh and then i've watched a lot of garbage yeah uh, just like oh, this looks cool it's got like a 70 percent, but that's kind of where horror movies live and then it mm-hmm. turns out it's just really boring yeah um so yeah no no recommendations other than hellraiser 2 which i'm sure you've mm-hmm. already seen yeah uh for me like the only new me- the, the only new horror movie that i've seen this year was malignant and it was okay mm-hmm. like it's it's yeah. d- d- different it's audacious um in a way yeah. that horror movies haven't been for a while 
like in a way that I would say like, uh, if you got two hours, there are worse ways to spend it. But also like, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't say like, you know, run, don't walk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but they're just the, uh, the, 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 uh, the takeaways, uh, like, you know, the, the high points from, uh, from unfilmable. I will always go mm-hmm. to bat for the endless. I will always go to bat for possession. You know, mm-hmm. I've got a possession re- rewatching me here, uh, pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, I want to watch more. But then I also, one of the things I, I'll beat myself up over that and then I'll realize like, oh, I can just watch horror movies all year round. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I don't have to do that for October. I did other stuff in October, but like my December is basically free. Yeah. Let's watch more movies. You know, <laughs> you know I'm not watching too many Christmas movies, you know. Um, yeah. I'm going to watch a Christmas movie like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> you know, like no. Yeah. Uh, Hallmarks, <laughs> the Christmas man. No, no. Uh, you know, or just like, I don't know. You get those ones like just like weird movies that seem like throwaways that have inadvertently become classics uh, somehow mm-hmm. to like people that, you know, like, oh, every year we watch we, we, we watch four Christmases it's like that fucking Vince Vaughn. Oh, movie? What you the watch fuck are what? you? <laughs> the four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're going to watch Meet the, the Fockers. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, please. No, please. No. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, thanks. Yeah. Uh, James asks, um, I'm part of what I suspect is a minority of duck feed patrons. I don't listen. Uh, I, people who listen to you, but mostly due to lack of time, I don't play video games. I really connect with podcasting as a service mantra, letting people like me live vicariously through vigorous criticism and analysis of games. Are there other areas of media in which you don't actively participate, but you read or listen around nonetheless? Not particularly. No. Um, I keep up with uh, both D&D and Magic the Gathering, Okay, basically. Uh, and not, when I say keep up with, I don't really keep up with Magic, but I will watch some, like, listicle content or I'll browse a new set whenever it comes out. Yeah. Um, you know, and I haven't played Magic in years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. I so. mean, does it count that I read, that, uh, that I read, uh, like, I buy and read source books and find PDFs oh, yeah. of them uh, without playing? Like, I never play them. Yeah. I just read them as fiction and as, like, I don't know ideas cool idea yeah yeah that's just the best dude i I want our source back so bad (laughs) um (laughs) yeah 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 i I really do well i mean like you said you can you know like oh yeah you can go and uh uh just do do a search for you know you know module Mm -hmm. name and pdf and generally find it what was good about that source was just kind of like given the given the old scroll wheel a a tug and then mm-hmm. seeing where you stopped, you know, there's like yep. lots of cool, like indie stuff in there too, which I feel kind of bad. Like a thrift store. Yeah. Like yeah. Something, something I think about a lot is that, um, you know, scarcity, if I, if I know I want something mm-hmm. and I can afford it, I can just get it because of internet. Yeah. The reason why conventions and thrift stores and art markets and services like, uh, you know, the trove.net were so cool is because it would expose you to things that you didn't know you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. um so like uh, that, 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 well. that that's that that's like a little bit how i got a hold of that it's extremely good delta green uh book the mm-hmm. labyrinth right mm-hmm. you know yeah that's great yeah so uh, that thing owns so yeah i would get I, a physical copy of that i i really i should i should just bite the bullet and get that because i've enjoyed it so much Oh, yeah, no, I, I did. I, that, that was one. There, there are a couple that I've that I've like purchased PDFs of on Drive Through Drive Through RPG, just because I knew mm-hmm. I didn't care enough to have the uh, to have the physical copy, but I wanted to wanted to throw some bucks. But yeah, the labyrinth mm-hmm. might be good enough for me to get um, in physical yeah. if I can find it yeah. somewhere. Yeah. 
let's see here. Moving on to, uh, let's see, show. Let's do a couple of show questions and then do a lightning round. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Rick writes, after hearing Gary's recommendation, uh, lately I've been watching and listening to as much content as I can from Noah Caldwell Gervais. First, thank you uh, for the recommendation. Much like you do, Noah has some of the most well-observed and thorough takes in the game, pun intended. This got me thinking, though. Would either of you guys ever consider doing a solo deep dive into a game or series as a podcast episode? Why or why not? Part of what makes WoW so special uh, to me is the rapport between the two of you, but nevertheless, I would absolutely listen to a solo-style format if either of you would choose to create one. Congrats on 10 years, uh, and as always, uh, thank you so much for all the great and thoughtful content that you produce. Yeah, uh, Cole kind of does that with Hexcrank. Yeah. A little bit. Like, I'm not, I'm not when I say kind of, that's not meant to be damning. No, I just mean no. that the, like, essay, um, you mm-hmm. know, the non-stream portion of Hexcrank has, has yeah. been on, and again... Boy, I've backed myself in the corner. I'm not criticizing you. I just liked it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't yeah. like watching streams, uh-huh. not because of you, but just really from anyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah. no. So I, I, I feel stuff. I feel guilty that I have not done uh, done one of those in a while. It's so much easier to have uh, to have the streams up. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that, that is easier to fit into the into the production workflow that we that, that we live on. Uh, like the, the that, like all of this sounds interesting to me. However, uh, mm-hmm. the the perennial answer is I've got too much shit on me. Yeah. <laughs> the chin kills there, there's another question question too later and it's like would you guys consider doing this show and it's like yes but it's one in one out right now yeah uh at least for a while mm-hmm. the the thing i thought about um if you like let's say you know you cole decided like i don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. you know uh and i wanted to keep it on would be i would uh and i this isn't i don't want this i'd rather do what we do now yeah. So this is just me uh, being anxious and preparing for eventualities <laughs> is that I think I would try to do something on YouTube uh, and it would just be I would play what was interesting to me and mm-hmm. then just compile all of my thoughts. Yeah. And put them over footage. Yeah. Of it. You mm-hmm. know, it would, uh, and get things out at the rate in which I complete games and revisit games. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's uh, just basically me being like, I might be able to get trick some people into watching that <laughs> and not have to go become an office manager. Like yeah, in that nightmare scenario yeah. from fucking Alicia. There's <laughs> <laughs> a 50-50 chance of there never being Dark Souls and then just being cast adrift, sent to the darkness yeah. beyond time. <laughs> yep. Um, the, uh, this is the darkest timeline. But yeah, no, uh, that, that stuff would be fun uh, mm-hmm. maybe eventually, but not now. This yeah. is a fulfilling creative partnership. It is. Yeah. So just in case anybody hears that and gets anxious about us going away, that's, I mean, I, that, that is not currently, currently in the offing. So I am happy where we're at. So we're talking about scenarios like where one of us loses both of their hands. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of threshers around where I live. So yeah, in thresher country. You know? <laughs> oh uh, God. <laughs> so. Um, uh, this is here's our last show question before the lightning round. Uh-huh. Um, Andrew says, I recently said that you can cover any sort of game on WAF. What do you think would be the most challenging sort of game or specific uh, game to cover that you haven't yet? Um, that's a fun question. People are like, whenever we announce something and they're like, how are you guys going to do that? And then we, we do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not, you know, people don't like it as much. And sometimes they're weird formats and weird episodes. Yeah. But I do really like the idea of it being a thing where we can fit anything into the format. So I don't want to be able to say something is like unwaffable. Yeah. Um, we've answered this before. The hardest thing would be the games that require just absolutely ridiculous time investments to get to the real game. Mm-hmm. So something like, Wow. Yeah. Or Final Fantasy 14. Mm-hmm. 
um, where you have to dedicate your life to it, and it's like, oh, it gets good after sixty hours, and it's like, well, it's like yeah, fuck mm, you. I, we, like, like for 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 a single episode, it's like it's like fi- like fifteen like to twenty at the at the at the at the max. That's what we want. Yeah, that's what yeah. we're looking. And for. And sometimes it goes yeah. over that, but like yeah. the goal yeah. is you know because we're we're doing that on top of all the other shows, and we're doing it. We do three games a month. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so that would be, I think, the hardest in terms of, but that's not necessarily hard because of how the episode would go. That's hard because of um, preparation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's tough because of something is like I, I, I feel I feel confident in the format because of something mm-hmm. is, you know, intensely mechanical. You know, we can do like our, our roguelike format. You know, just uh, something mm-hmm. like, you know, our, our enter the gungeon episode. And if something is real, you know, narrative heavy you know we we, really we can easy. yeah that, that that that's super easy we just kind of summarize what happens and talk about our responses to it and you know it just you know we probably wouldn't do a pure visual novel because i wouldn't put gary through that but like mm-hmm. the format would, would 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 support it yeah i don't think that there's anything yeah. unwaffable the hardest thing would be like a very simple like low mechanic sports game maybe yeah like covering like bases loaded <laughs> would be difficult yeah like i like the nes baseball games you know quite a bit yeah rbi3 um, yeah. i think it'd be difficult yeah yeah it'd be cool to do rbi but like it'd be like a, an hour long yeah at most yeah um so, so, so I, I guess that, that 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 is in there doing a waff about hunt the wampus would be really difficult but that is a point yeah. of uh the, the, that is a question of you know length and substantialness not actually like you know hitting hitting the buttons right I think something, I think a pure arena shooter might be tough too. Like is like time splitters might be tough. Yeah. Or like quake three arena. I, I feel like we could, you know? I feel like we could talk about quake three arena a little bit. <laughs> Cause we could a little bit, I think just yeah. a little tough. Like, I, yeah. you know, um, because it is, it lives and dies in procedural stories with other players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, so it, part of that runs into prep. Like we just have to spend like, Hey, I'm going to play quake three arena as a hobby for, spring mm-hmm. yeah and collect enough stories for the episode at the beginning of summer mm-hmm. you know yeah so yeah that so. gets into the into the prep side of things so infinite time and no uh no floor on how long the episode needs to be we could do it yeah no other, <laughs> no other things on our lives yeah, uh, yeah like if i give up uh doing anything else i enjoy mm-hmm. you know and and totally screw my work-life balance then <laughs> yeah. oh god yeah. um how about uh, lightning round let's lightning round it up yeah. Matthew says, in honor of Spooky Month, I was curious if you guys had a chance to check out Amnesia Rebirth on uh, what your general thoughts on that are. Um, I have played like the first third of that and then I dropped it for the usual reasons. I thought it was real cool. Mm-hmm. I loved where the story was going uh, and I thought that the presentation was neat. Um, hmm. Yeah, they're just uh, just a matter of I lost momentum because I, I stepped away to do other stuff and I would love to sit back down and finish it. I have not uh, started it yet. Um, I, I planned to, but was just doing other stuff instead. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, uh, starting games yeah. and then walking away mm-hmm. uh, as much anymore. Like, I don't think it's morally wrong. Like we've talked about that. Like you are done when you're done. Yeah. But if I know that I won't be able, if I think that I might enjoy something and I know I'm not going to have time to finish it, I mm-hmm. don't really like starting it. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, it's kind of a bad feeling to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to play it though. Uh, and I, I, I could stand to do another amnesia replay as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Eli says Lisa Garland or Lisa Trevor. 
Battle of the Lisas? Um, um, I, as much as I love Lisa Garland and the story is real poignant, um, I think Lisa Trevor is, is, is scarier and also has cool story stuff to her. It's um, also really poignant. Yes. Lisa Trevor is really tragic. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Lisa Trevor in a walk for me. Yeah. Like I, Lisa, I like Lisa Garland, but I, one of the things I was thinking about with Silent Hill recently, when we, because we've done a lot of Silent Hill and we watched the movie and stuff this month mm-hmm. is that other than James Sunderland, I don't know that I like a lot of the characters. I like the themes and stories more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like there's that, the characterization, like the dialogue and everything tends to be very weird and cool themes and stories are happening to these characters, but the individual mm-hmm. character themselves doesn't do a lot for me. Right. And that's how I feel about Lisa Garland. Like something bad and interesting happened to Lisa Garland. Lisa mm-hmm. Garland herself is not changed or interesting or doesn't express that in a cool way to me. Yeah. Um, you know, you know and if we're talking about like the scenes that they get, the cabin, mm-hmm. uh, the cabin scene in, uh, in the Incredible. Resident Evil remake is, uh, you know, it's, it's great. It's, it, it, it's ridiculously scary. Um, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, like, uh, mechanically, uh, complicated, mm-hmm. uh, running away from her in that, uh, in that space. It's cool to explore it. Yeah. I would say, I would say Lisa Trevor, um, uh, for the, sure. The big thing, you know, cause like, uh, you don't learn tons about right Lisa Trevor other than just from notes and stuff, but being able to hang out in her house makes a huge difference. It does. Like seeing where somebody lives is a really great, like kind of form of biography. Mm-hmm. Does a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. Agreed. Um, uh, Flexerhead writes, uh, if Silent Hill had to be rebooted, what studio? (laughs) Something like that. What? Um, I didn't hear Flexerhead. (laughs) I said like a Tank Girl villain or something. Or it it sounds like the name of one of the zombies in um, Heisenberg's factory or something like that. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. So Silent Hill had to be rebooted. What studio would you want uh, at the reins and why? Uh, Frictional could probably do an okay job at it, but I'd rather have them doing their own stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want Bloober team uh, to do it. Like, like has been rumored and people were talking about, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, we're going to come up with this. Let it, let it die. (laughs) Yeah. See, see, see the topic. Yeah. For, for this month in games, uh, for us, uh, Lewis Shaw, uh, what browsers and browser extensions do you use? Um, Um, yeah, I'm, I'm basic. I just, I use Chrome because I'm used to it. I know it's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I use Adblock. Um, yeah. and I, I don't care about that. Uh, people get mad about Adblock, but I, I still do it. Yeah. Um, I use Safari, uh, cause it's integrated across all my Apple devices. I'm an Apple guy. Um, and I use one password, uh, as a password manager and I've got some kind of Adblock, uh, on there. With sites, the sites that I like that have unintrusive ads whitelisted, yeah, which is the way to yeah. get around uh, the the ethical problems of ad block. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, what does Holland say? Holland says, uh, "What is the most non-conventional animal or animal part you have eaten, and how was it?" I'm pretty basic. Uh, All- alligator. I've had, we had that alligator jerky, and I didn't really care for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I've had I've had alligator non jerky, like mm-hmm. just alligator. Yeah, uh, and it was pretty good. Um, I have had a pho that I am certain can I know contained like intestines and tripe and I think testicles. Okay, uh, and didn't didn't care for it. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't like the rubbery tendons. I didn't like the slimy, uh, you know, uh, tripe, and I did not like the uh, the balls. Yeah, 
um, you know, that, that I am, they were called meatballs, but they had the weirdest texture of anything else. Like I'm fairly certain that they mm. were testicles. And they felt organy. Um, yeah. 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 So, uh, by it just, you know, I have an open mind as far as food. I just don't like the taste of a lot of things like that I have had. Yeah. You know? I've never had it, but I imagine a lot of that tastes iron, like irony. Um, mm. maybe that's just because of liver that I've had before possibly. Yeah. But, don't care for liver. It just, you, you, the, you, uh, you open it up and inside it's like vesicles. It's not fibers like meat is. It's weird. Yeah. It just, it grosses me out. Like I just, yeah. uh, you know, it's a weird texture and it, it feels weird in my mouth. I've had tongue. Uh, yeah. I found tongue pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not horrible or anything, but I'm not like, mm, yeah, tongue is delicious. Like the, the same, the texture is not an appeal to me and the same flavor conveyance can be done just through a conventional meat mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. So the, uh, uh, John, uh, says with all this news about the new Mario movie, just wondering who you guys think has the biggest dong in the mushroom kingdom. Luigi. Yeah, I was going to say Luigi as well. I yeah. was going to say Luigi or Toad as like the uh, the Dark Horse answer because you never know who has a gigantic dong. Like Milton Burl had a giant dong. Yeah. Our crumb has a giant dong. Like you actually do, never can tell who's going to have just a huge, huge, huge dick. Yeah. So Toad could be like a secret. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, like, I, so I say Luigi, uh, if we are assuming it is in proportion to the body, obviously you have Donkey yeah. Kong, right? Who, depending on yeah. the portrayal, you know, size of a building, right? You're going to have a huge... You know, just... well, he has to be the size of a building, though, because otherwise gorillas actually have very, like, famously big balls and small dicks, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, um, again, suit? Uh... <laughs> oh, balls again. Like, yeah, again, that, 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 the... yeah, testicles. Yeah. yeah. No, I th- yeah. I, th- I think Luigi packs. Yeah. Um, he, he might. I, I've known, like, there have been, you know, tall dudes who I've seen in porns and stuff who are not packing. Yeah. Particularly, like, I don't think they necessarily have to be proportional. I think that no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I, I, no, I am saying even out, even out of proportion, if everybody was adjusted to the same height, um, I mm. think that it would, uh, I, th- I think that Luigi packs. Yeah. And Bowser's might be big, but I bet you like most of it's internal or something like that. Some kind of weird lizard physiology. You know, I've never really gone out of my way to look at like, uh, anatomical diagrams of lizards. You know, so, mm-hmm. so yeah. Oh, so yeah, Luigi, Luigi's good answer, but I, the, the real, to me, I, I don't know. <laughs> you never know who's going to have a huge dick. It's a, uh, it's, it's I, life's wonderful lottery. I, I love the, um, yeah. uh, I, I love the urban legend or just the common story about Mil- Milton Burl. Cause obviously, you know, you hear somebody has a legendary dick. What you want to do is walk up and challenge them to a dick off, I guess is what this sure. is based around. Um, but, uh, you know, the idea was you're like, okay, you got to take yours out and show him. Right. And he would only take out just enough to beat you. Yeah. So nobody, <laughs> yeah. so, so nobody who in, in a, con, in a contest situation ever saw the full force of, uh, what Milton, it, Milton, Milton Burl had. It's yeah. like, he's been sword fighting with his left hand. <laughs> like, <laughs> his whole life. Yeah. There's, there's a great, our crumb uh, comic, like biographical comic. It's like the first time he realized that like his, his dick was getting huge mm-hmm. and just a picture bathtub like looking down like absolutely terrified and like mm-hmm. my dick is getting so huge this is fucking terrifying <laughs> <laughs> it would be <laughs> like, when's it gonna stop <laughs> yeah uh yeah and everyone i've ever talked to has a gigantic dick says it's a logistical nightmare yeah, yeah. uh it's really rough i've talked to a lot of women who are like yeah you got a cervix back there you don't want it fucking banging around yeah, like, yeah. there's a limit it's not just a bottomless pit mm-hmm. you know like not saying that i'm not trying to shame my big 
well-hung brethren. No, but just, no. Uh, it's, just... it's not. Uh, the, the idea of a big dick being like an unqualified win is uh, sus. Yeah. I mean, is... It, it, is a, it, it, is, it, it is a simplification. Whatever you got, you yes. got to live with, too. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, saying like, oh, yeah, big, big, big breasts, baby. Well, those have complications, yeah. too. That's all. Absolutely, you know. they do. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, to learn to love your body as it is. Yeah. You know, and uh, don't take that out of context as like trans exclusionary. <laughs> no, like, yeah. please is don't. not what I mean. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. please. Yeah, God do, damn it, Just prioritize your happiness. Uh, let's, yes, let's there say. we go. Yes, yeah. And if you think you can only be happy if you had a differently sized dick, and you're not experiencing gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. uh, you will be able to find someone who thinks your dick is fine. Yeah, <laughs> promise. Uh, <laughs> let's see, uh, finishing out the lightning round with, uh, with Jonathan, who says, if you could apprentice under any video game character, uh, who would you choose? What skills would you want to learn from them? Mm. This, this is less about picking up skills and it would be more about like, who do I think would be a good, uh, a, a, good, a, a good mentor? Yeah. And it would, it would have to be, it would have to be Kim, right? Kim would be really good. It feels like, like I don't be... want to learn how to do Kim stuff, but like. Yeah, you know, I'm wrong in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, but yeah, Kim Kitsuragi, I think, uh, you know, and skills of observation and learning how to talk with people, uh, learning how to mm-hmm. deduce the deduce the truth of things. It doesn't have to just be used for uh, for 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 copping, you know, uh, for for for, yeah. for for police work. Um, yeah, so I, I would say that that would be my emphasis. It would be I would like to study under Kim Kitsuragi. I think 15 years ago, I would have said Gabriel Knight. Yeah, because you would just party all night with him, oh, and yeah. then like you'd go, go do Shanyager shit. Mm. You know, it'd be real fun. But that guy, with all the love, he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I think I would just get sick of the never-ending, you know, never-ending party yeah. aspect of it. So, Agreed. Yeah, Kim. Kim's a good answer. Rob the robot's a good answer. I'd like to learn how to pick up and put down small objects. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, you're, I've never seen you that. pick up a small object before. It's always been big yeah. stuff. And if if one of, somebody puts one in my hand, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, I can't put it down. I, so, like, Rob would be a good one for me. Yeah, yeah. Start at Rob and work my way up to Kim. It's like, it's weird because I've, like, I've, you know, like, at conventions, I, you know, I'll hand you, like, a button to hand to somebody else. And just, yeah. like, out of instinct, you know, you don't grasp it. You just kind of move it toward your face like it like it's food, but yeah. you don't hit. It just, you know, just kind of, yeah. like, yeah. And I'm so used to eating just by like placing my jaw on a table and then like kind of pulling things towards me. It's like, like a, a like cuphead a... boss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, that I, I just, uh, you know, so I assume that it's just that the gravity is not going to be a thing because I assume I'm on a table if I'm being handed something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's difficult. It's hard not like hard not life. Uh, let's get into our topic. Yeah. Um, why don't you go ahead and read this? Yeah. Uh, in the spirit of the end of the Resident Evil episode, if you had the power to end a popular game series after a pickout entry, how would you use this power? What games would you declare uh, the last in the franchise? Either pick uh, your own or use these spicy suggestions. And there are some franchises we'll go through mm-hmm. uh, as we talk about this. But we're also going to use this as a springboard to kind of talk about the larger subject of like sequels and franchises and the value of endings and why that doesn't happen in video games. Yes. Uh, in terms of these so let's do the easy part first mm-hmm. uh what what resident evil should be the last resident evil 
I mean, I don't know. I, I would almost say make um um make make Code Veronica the last one. Make RE4 be its own like its own thing. Like have mm. it be have it be you know just like rebadge that one possibly. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about some rebadging. Yeah, in the second one, I will let Resident Evil go to eight, but I really do. I'm scared for the future. Yes, because I, I want seven. Mm-hmm. Um, even though that could be its own thing. This, yeah, uh, the rebadging. Yeah, uh, Tomb Raider. Um, I think that like the first three Tomb Raiders would have been fine and the new ones could be something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be fine. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy, I, I would have been cool if they said 12 is the swan song um, mm-hmm. for me. Uh, that like that, that I've not been particularly interested in uh, lots of the stuff that has come out either in or out of the series uh, since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, like I know people like 14, but, you know. Uh, that's I'd, I'd, be, I'd be happy i'd be happy uh for for my own for my own purposes having that one not be not be in there yeah i would be good with nine yeah uh, i think nine would make a really nice uh and it, it kind of revisits the first one. Oh yeah yeah you know it's like you know back to the crystals back to the fantasy mm-hmm. that would have been a really nice like little swan song i think yeah you get garland in there yeah 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 cute i can see that one too uh, yeah Elder Scrolls, um, that's tricky because it feels like we're just kind of perpet- like they come out very slowly. Yeah. You know? Especially now. Um, yeah. I, I think it would be fine if no more came out. Yeah. Like if, if, if like Sky, Skyrim was it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, like say my, my favorite of those is, is Morrowind, but I don't want to like cut off Oblivion or Skyrim because there's, there's fun to be had there. You know? Yeah. Oblivion's responsible for a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. A lot of bad stuff as well, but a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I, I like Oblivion quite a bit. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Legend of Zelda. I would be fine if it stopped after Link to the Past, and then we just got a really cool updated remake with um with Link Between Worlds. Hmm. Yeah, I would. Be, I would be good with that. And Breath of the Wild doesn't. The stuff in that that is Zelda feels subtractive to me mm-hmm. largely. Yeah. I would rather have that been something different. Yeah. Um, Metroid, uh, that's, that's tricky. I need to play Dread because people say Dread's super good, but I haven't really liked a Metroid since like, I like zero mission quite a bit, but it's a remake. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Metroid could just be Metroid and super Metroid and I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Assassin's Creed, I've only played a little bit of these. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't uh, really know. I've never played. So like three is the end of Desmond's story, but I've not like played three to the, to, to the end. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with with the way stuff left off in um um uh, oh gosh, either either Brotherhood or Revelations. Like Ezio's story would be fine. Um, mm-hmm. just if it finished that and you're good. Um, it would it would end on a cliffhanger, but like I feel like mechanically it entered doldrums after that, and then entered into uh um you know when it's brought back as you know rebooted in Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Those are so substantially different and have different emphases. Um, that mm-hmm. like, that would be a new, that that could be its own thing. Oh, and then, uh, Mega Man, um, I'd be good with Mega Man just being one through six. I wouldn't cut them off at three mm-hmm. because there's stuff. I still think five, four, five, and six are still fun. Mm-hmm. And that makes a nice little, like long NES series. Yeah. Um, that's all the classic Mega Man I need. And then Mega Man X could be its own thing, but I don't like Mega Man X games after the first one really. Yeah. Like, yeah. To me, that's almost would just be this little reboot remake of the first one and then end there. Yes. For me. Yeah. Um, Castlevania is, is hard. Uh, I like, I definitely, oh man, because, because like it, it, it breaks off into, into different, into different runs. So I don't want to say ended after symphony because 
you know, while I'm thinking you get Lament of Innocence and Curse of Darkness, like I, I'm fine with no with no more of those. I also don't mm-hmm. want to cut off, um, you, know, you know, Portrait of Ruin, Aria of Sorrow, Order of Ecclesia, yeah, like of like Ecclesia. that that yeah. run yeah. of stuff, and like that is still like identifiably in, you know, in there. So like the cut, you know, if, if we're doing that, then the cutoff would have to be like at like three because four is kind of a remake of one a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Also, Castlevania 4 I don't like as much as I, I thought I did. Yeah. Like, as, when I revisit it, it doesn't stand up very well. It's real tech demo Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's kind of annoying. Like, it's fun. It's a little bit annoying. Really yeah. great music. Um, I would probably say 3 as well. Yeah. You know, because then we get this really nice, and then Symphony comes out, and it's just not related. Yeah. Because it barely is anyway. You know, <laughs> right. there's some legacy bosses and a couple. The spooky, scary theming cannot mm-hmm. be owned by Castlevania. No, no. You know, that could be its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when we keep saying branding things, so like something that we were hovering around in the Silent Hill and Resident Evil episodes, um, and in an alternate universe, there's a version of us talking about Echo 9 and how that, <laughs> that game should have been. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the idea that like these game, these franchises, rather than dying out, turn into something that's entirely different. Mm-hmm. than what they were and just kind of have name appeal and how that causes a lot of like churn and angst and frustration. Yeah. And is, is an artless decision. A lot of the times is purely a marketing yep. one and sucks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, so like all the, like I think you can make a really strong argument. All of these franchises should be dead. Oh yeah. You know, cause they've all transformed to not even look anything like their originals. Mm hmm. Uh, to where it's like you talk, if you're a fan of Tomb Raider, Raider, you have to specify, like that doesn't mean anything. No, no. You know, know? like, uh, oh, I didn't care for the originals because they were too, because they were too blocky or, you know, like they, they came a little bit too early. Maybe I came up at a time when it was the crystal dynamics ones, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, like legacy and, uh, um, you know, legend. Uh, uh, I I, I forget. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that was, that was probably, I'm thinking like the PS2 ones, uh, PS2 before you get into, uh, like the, like the more recent ones that are like Arkham games. Right. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. So there are three, like three, you know, three distinct eras. And for a lot of these, there are eras, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why when they did that, it's doing something it like, it feels very nakedly like doing something with the IP. Yeah. You know, and, and it's a marketing decision, which, so like, if I don't want anyone to add us and be like, the reason why they do this is because it makes money. Of course. Uh, I fucking know. <laughs> I don't have you to know? like it, but I know. <laughs> yeah, but we're, I'm, I'm talking about this purely from an art perspective, yeah. not a marketing perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't say anything. Like the the new Tomb Raider, the 2016 one, which I played and, and generally enjoyed, did not resemble the old Tomb Raiders at all. Right. The character does not seem the same. Like she she's new and she's she's she goes on a journey. She changes. She's not the hyper confident, you know. Uh, cinematic platforming heroine the spaces are entirely different the rhythm is entirely different it says nothing about the character or franchise yeah other than just the branding it just changes it Mm -hmm. uh and muddies it and makes it contain more yeah and it's and it's like okay a game about an adventurer who goes into ancient places you know like does that does all of that have to be tomb raider right well yeah you know not really. And I would say that actually limits it. 
<laughs> right? Very much so. You know, uh, well, it limits it in lots of ways. One of the things that we're dealing with now, right, as 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 we're kind of getting more diversity and more representation, yeah, is that a lot of our video game heroes are you know are just white people, right? You know, because it was the style at the time. You're you're running into the uh, you're running into the Superman problem, or no? The the I was uh, the Superman was a different point. You're running into the James Bond problem. Right. Yes. Where, you know, just uh, like uh, every single time, you know, like there was there there was um, controversy over whether or not a blonde person could play James Bond. I remember people being super upset about that, you know, let let alone just uh, the the, the absurd shit that I heard from people when it was floated that Idris Elba Elba. might play. Yeah. Right. Just horrible racist garbage. Right. Uh, And and it's like at that point. I think that some self-examination for the, for those people is in order where you have to realize like, what is it the thing, what is the thing you actually like? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it this like totemic, uh, you know, almost kind of like tribal feeling of, you know, it's, it's just, this is what bond is. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I like bond. Therefore, if something comes out that is bond, I like, Mm -hmm. like, I, 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 I want people to be more complicated than that. Right. You know, uh, a really similar, um, I, I will let you make your Superman point. I'm not trying to, to cut that off, but no, I, I, just, I went to a really I, similar it, thing with, with comics, right? Because when I was young, a young man loves X-Men, mm-hmm. you know, and I love X-Men now for nostalgic reasons, but I don't love all X-Men equally. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I would just pick up a comic because it had that X in the title. Yeah. And that was a marketing decision. And then you get a little bit older and you start paying attention to the difference in the quality of stories. You're like, no, no, I like writers. Yeah. Like, I like Grant Morrison. This X-Men runs incredible. What if I went and read some other stuff they did? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the cre- it's the creators, it's the teams that are the important part. Yeah. You know, so we end up with these absurd situations where people are like, God, I really want a Silent Hill remake, but I don't want this team to do it. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Why do you want the Silent Hill right remake? Like, you know, play, like play with similar you just themes. Like the team, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know. And from a creative side, maybe they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like the, how that, you know these big I, the the people the people who are providing the genuine art that go into these big franchises. I refuse to believe that they don't have stories to tell that aren't essentially fan fiction. Well. T- <laughs> Yeah. I mean, especially of like, oh, I'd love to take a crack at something in that world. And necessarily that's what it would have to be. You know, Silent yeah. Silent Hill and a number of these, you know, like uh but just like li- li- looking down the line at the at the list of list of things that pa- that patch has said, like those have become anthologies, right? Yeah. You know? And yep. you know, at a certain point of the Twilight Zone runs long enough, you end up referring to yourself because the people who you know are coming in to write new stuff were fans of the old stuff. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I again, I like you get into stuff being uh, stuff being self-limited. And we do you talk about, um, you know, like liking teams or whatever, like, OK, I like Silent Hill. I love Silent Hill. Well, that team, Team Silence that you think like was magic and they have to be involved in everything. Well, a a lot of those people went and went to different places. You know, so yeah. like that's never going to remain static. And, you know, auteur theory holds, you know, very, very loosely in, in games because they're so collaborative. Right. And like mm-hmm. the majority of the people who've done that, well, they went on to make Siren, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, is interesting, but not very good and not fun <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um, and then they went to play make Gra- Gravity Rush, which is a game people love. It's a series people yeah. love. Right. You know, yeah. they, they went because on they to- were let go. 
right. to go do something. <laughs> yeah. Look at um look at all the uh fallout alum. Yeah. Right. So uh, you know, you you end up with Bethesda getting Fallout and uh putting out 3D fallouts that vary in quality. Mm-hmm. The people who worked on those games all went off to start amazing little like one-offs and new shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like you like like uh, Alpha Protocol. Yeah. You know, there's little like which again didn't make money. Mm-hmm. We're not bringing the hated money into this conversation. <laughs> um, you know, but it's an amazing game that they could not have made if they were just like essentially in the Fallout mines. Yeah. You know, um, the, uh, same thing with, uh, you know, all of those, uh, obsidian RPGs. Like that's how we got like tides of Numenera and that's how we got, uh, pillars of eternity and dead fire and shit like that. Tyranny. Like, yeah, tyranny. Absolutely. Um, you know, because those people were able to go be free mm-hmm. and not just sequelize something into oblivion. Whereas with something like elder scrolls, you know, the other big Western RPG, that's part of this conversation, um, we get an MMO with this weird steady drip of content. We get endless re-releases and ports of their most recent game mm-hmm. and then just nothing. Yeah. You know, imagine if those folks could go off to go build something, mm-hmm. you know, like a thing that is extant is better than something that is not extant. Yes. I think necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and yes, we are being idealistic because you know what we are, what we are putting forward is a market is a, you know, a, a world not, not dominated by the market. Right. That, yeah. I, I want that generally by, by and large, ideally. Um, but also, you know, a market that is not, if we have to have a market, um, a market that is not dominated by, or is not influenced at all by brand names, by name recognition. Yes. Right. And, you know, if you put a brand new IP, you know, its own original thing up against something that people recognize, you know, the behavior of people at stores or when they're searching for stuff, uh, you know, or having things surfaced in uh, in storefronts, they're going to gravitate toward the, th- the thing that they're familiar with um, most of the time. I'm generalizing, but I feel that feels like a safe thing. Right. So like, yeah. that's why you get uh, that's why you get it. I just wish it wasn't the case because it is both. Yes, the uh, you know the writers. You like you, you you want to follow the writer, just like you want to follow mm-hmm. the you know particular creators, um, and mm-hmm. you know even more saliently like themes and aesthetics. You know, yeah. <laughs> the, the things that I want to get from, uh, you know, putting you know I haven't played Dread yet, my Metroid Dread, but the things the the atmosphere and lonesomeness I got from Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to getting it from Metroid Prime. Yeah. Or, you know, Metroid Fusion or, uh, you know, Samus Returns. Uh, the, so I, it, 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 whatever I, somebody who is just a big franchise fan, it becomes a meaningless thing to be a fan of because you're, you're just a fan of the name. It's kind of like saying, um, like, I love Star Wars games. Well, what the fuck does that it, mean? It's very similar. Yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> well, and it's, it's not like a, a thing you can extend to just sequels in general, because sometimes a sequel like is justified. Like yeah. there's more to that story. Like mm-hmm. you can, you can tell more with that. Yeah. But if you say like you are a fan of Zelda games, um, what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. those, it feels like you, you, you know, you just have not done enough processing yeah. on your own to figure out the elements of Zelda that you like to look for elsewhere. It's, um, it feels immature to me. It feels like as, impre- as a media outlook. It feels imprecise. Uh, it, it, yes. does, it, it does not feel I, I would say um, I would say that you would be happier to, to, to broaden your uh, uh, to, to broaden your lens uh, for what you're looking yeah. for. I, I, th- I think that like that would lead to a more fulfilling media diet. 
and and it's like a thing where I get it. Like when I was younger, I would have said like 100%, oh, I'm huge into Final Fantasy. Yes. You know, and then that ceased to be true. And I really struggled with it Mm -hmm. because they started putting out Final Fantasies I didn't care for. Yeah. Very much. Um, So I ended up with this identity. Like this ends up going back to like gamer identity shit, which is something we talk about all the time. Yeah. But it clashed with my identity to where I ended up in situations where like, you know, a game would come out. Uh, in a in a series that I ostensibly liked, I would feel compelled. I, I have to. I feel compelled. Like, what do I do that I don't uh, like Twilight Princess? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that say about me? Like, yeah. I have to like this, right? Like a new Zelda game. I, I was so excited. Putting yourself on that little roller coaster, that like little kid roller coaster for that mm-hmm. is it's weird to me. It feels like self harm in the mildest sense of the word. Like you're not doing yourself a service. Yeah, yeah. In that respect, and all of that time I spent haranguing myself around the identity parts of that were stupid yes like that was that was me being a real fucking idiot and just (laughs) suffering for no reason yeah you know and it can work the other way as well like you end up with something like fallout 3 Mm -hmm. which i enjoy like we covered that i I think there's joy to be had in it i think it's kind of largely a bad game in a lot of ways the things to enjoy about it um me being like i have to like this because it's fallout Mm-hmm. you know, and, and playing it. What if I had just approached that on its own terms? Yeah. Like how much roiling would I not have done yeah. and how much wishing would I not have done if that wasn't, if I did approach it on its own terms or if it wasn't called fallout three, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it just, it feels like you are inviting a particularly uh, toxic is the wrong word, a particularly noxious form of FOMO into your life that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. And, and it's, it's an interesting thing because it, it's something that I think that it first serves as shorthand, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. just talking to somebody, me saying, you know, as, as a teen being like, yeah, I'm in the final fantasy games was an efficient way to express something that I liked. Yeah. And so it worked when there, that was a manageable, when we were talking about final fantasy six yes. and seven, you know, up through seven, um, as opposed to saying, I like games that do X, Y, and Z that final fantasy games do. Mm-hmm. And eventually that the upside of that goes away and you're just left with the downside of it. I like Doom clones like uh, like Doom 2 and Doom 64. Um, those are yeah. both really good games. <laughs> yeah. I, I love I love Doom clones, you know, it's like Thief and Deus Ex. <laughs> System Shock. Those are my those are my jam. You know, yeah, yeah. it just it, it gets into genre because, you know, a certain number of these, you know, a certain number of these franchises, again, as, you know, under this anthology remit kind of end up being uh, almost like, you know, anthology signifiers or a genre in and of themselves. Right. Yes. You know, so like Final Fantasy, that means nothing from entry from numbered entry and number entry, aside from the fact that there is going to be a mixture of uh, kind of medieval and sci fi stuff up to and up to and including, you know, flying to the fucking moon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to fight there might be swords. a chocobo there, but it's going to yeah. be an action RPG, a sci fi action RPG. Yeah. Which could not be further from like Final Fantasy one or four, mm-hmm. you know, or five or six or, yeah. you know. A lot of those games. And we're, I mean, like, so like with, with Final Fantasy, we're kind of getting that with Square putting out things like Bravely Default, Octopath Traveler, 
um, triangle strategy, which I'm holding out hope will end up being good, but you know, we'll, we'll see if the narrative is tolerable, uh, stuff like that. We're kind of getting what we want with that. And we're just kind of, you know, for me, it's a discovery like, oh, I just like, I don't have an appetite for these games anymore, but like that is, you know, big new games with lots of resources put behind them, you know, with their own names that are, that, that are floated into the market on the, on the strength of the, you know, the teams or the company that is putting them out. Right. Well, and, and I, I think also I think that uh, Square is is the exception in that. True. Yeah. You know, like it's not like Capcom is putting out Resident Evil likes. True. Left yeah. and right, like the, everything is going to go into to, to Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you get a little bit like the, the Evil Within came out. You yeah. know, you can follow the creator there, but yeah, it's a uh, you know, and, and the thing with the the you know to your other point when Bravely Default came out, and I thought it sucked. That was also another nail in the coffin of me being like, I'm a Final Fantasy fan mm-hmm. because it was that second order thing. Like, oh, I, you know, it's just the name. I don't just need the name. Take away the name. And I'm like, yeah, this kind of blows, though. <laughs> These characters are horrible. And I'm not, I'm not saying that about all Final Fantasy games or whatever, mm-hmm. but I do think that's true of uh, of Bravely Default. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, it can help me like knowing what you like and what you don't like is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be painful. No, no. Like, I like. Uh, to, to take that and extend it to other genres right mm-hmm. think about um bands that stayed together for too long uh just because you know they couldn't they you know they, they couldn't break off into their own thing and you know they had to keep can they had to keep putting stuff out like and in situations like that how interesting the side projects ended up being uh off of those mm-hmm. sometimes you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. think about filmmakers, you, you know, usually when, uh, when somebody makes a big movie and the sequel comes along, um, uh, somebody else works on the sequel as a director, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, or as a writer the you know, the, the original person stays around as like a producer, you know, helping to like guide things. Um, I think that kind of this discussion about like, when do you, when do you let something die outside of the fact that fuck, and, and movies are a real uh, are, are a real counterexample of this just because, you know, at the, the top 10 grossing movies are all made by the same company in the same Marvel franchise. Right. Yeah. Well, you or, know? You know, or Star Wars. Oh, well, yes. like they're both, uh, you know, yeah. Two different. You, you do follow the creators, you know, for those sometimes like they'll mm-hmm. get like, oh, you know, X or Y is making a Star Wars. X or Y is making a Marvel yeah. movie. R- Ryan Johnson, uh, a director that I like is making is, is making Star Wars. Oh, I, I enjoy that Star Wars movie um mm-hmm. but also you know i i don't know i think i i think that ultimately i'm more interested in knives out a, a movie that i haven't yeah. seen <laughs> you know yeah well, I, i'm more interested in what ryan johnson wants to say yeah. without being beholden that even though i'm sure that it was a comedy like ryan johnson wanted to do to that but also it was probably a combination of that and the dumb truck full of money yeah the the, the dumb truck you know. full of money yeah and then also just a matter of you make that, you know, it's a, uh, it's like uh, Steve Martin back in the nineties or in the eighties and nineties. I'll make a, I'll make a movie for me, make a movie for the studio. I will make yep. uh Roxanne and I will make uh and I will make father of the bride. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, uh, like many things in the network, it all comes down to market forces being fucking horrible. Yep. For <laughs> i am fine um, with that being the common theme <laughs> yeah i want people to make a living uh-huh. uh, i wish that we lived in a world where like those risks would would be more accepted mm-hmm. and franchise name appeal did not have the kind of dollar draw that it does it's it's um, like you when you're extending into movies like yes you know movies are kind of a bad example but they're kind of a good example because we're getting dumb shit like remaking uh you know Suicide adventures and babysitting and stuff yeah 
you know? And that's just the name. It's not going to resemble the original version. Just a nostalgia grab. Mm -hmm. It's nakedly artless. Yeah. As an idea. And that, that grosses me out. I do not, I I do not respect the nakedly artless. No. Um, Yeah. Not to, you know, not to say that the, you know, a movie like that, that is nakedly artless wouldn't like pass the time for you. There, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it is a tunnel through which you will go and it'll be later in the day. Like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But um, it is hard to it is hard to say that that is aspirational. That's just kind of like that's that's where the you know, that's where the money is. That's where the nutrients and, and the dirt are. So that's where the that's where the <laughs> that's where the fucking grass is going to grow. Yeah. yeah, it sucks. It's 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 funny to think about two examples of this because um, Silent Hill 4 uh, mm-hmm. was not supposed to be a Silent Hill game. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. it was developed as the room. It was only it was only late in the um late in the process that they added Silent Hill branding to it when they decided, you know, we're gonna kinda wanna play this safe. We don't have something, you know, internal at uh at at Konami uh in the Silent Hill uh kind of world coming out. Just kinda makes sense to put this out. Contrast that with um what is it, Cold Fear, I believe I believe it is. Cold that's fear. definitely a game yeah uh cold fear uh that's a that that is a uh a capcom game uh mm-hmm. no uh one of these uh it was it was something like that that was a uh no it is cold fear that uh began life as a uh as a uh resident evil 4 alike like it was mm. it was kind of like developed internally um, as a uh, as as a uh, as a follow up to Resident Evil Four, and then they you know they said okay we're going to make that its own thing, um, and then it ended yeah. up uh, traveling over and being published by uh, by by Ubisoft, but Darkworks, the company that made that, um, uh, yeah, and uh, initially had a uh, had a relationship, I believe that may be mm. apocryphal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't. It's a you know it. I don't know. It's it's not something we're going to solve. No, here, no. You know, but it is it is interesting and it is frustrating. And in general, I think that like three is a real good baseline for a for a franchise. Yeah. You know, a maximum. Uh, and then move on to tell other stories. Yes. Agreed. Unless, you know, sometimes you're explicitly an anthology. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird. It weirdly bothers me less with Final Fantasy in some ways just because they never purported mm-hmm. to be sequels to each other so you don't end up with like a convoluted like this is the same character in tomb raider 2016 as tomb raider one um but at the same time like i'd still rather just have bravely default somehow actually be good yeah i I, I would like that (laughs) because i i prefer i prefer for good things to exist rather than i like to play a a, a fun game uninspired things (laughs) i like to i like to play things that are fun yeah Yeah, fun thing is fun fun Mm -hmm. zone is fun (laughs) um yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for writing in. And thank you for uh, listening and everything. We're going to now read your responses to October's games. Yeah. No echo responses. So we're going to be jumping right into Silent Hill. Also, we got a lot of responses about these uh, pared down. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we didn't include yours, I apologize. Um, yeah, or if it's edited. Yes, or if it's edited. Uh, but Robert writes uh, about Silent Hill via contact. Um, I beat this game at release with my brother-in-law on vacation at a rental place in Vermont. Wandering through Silent Hill, right next to a huge window, looking out into pitch black woods and hearing unfamiliar wildlife calls, including a fisher cat, uh, which sounds kind of like someone screaming. Check it out on YouTube. I did. It does sound like someone screaming. Um, made this the scariest game I've ever played. 
Um, I, although I think two and three are better games, this experience combined with the lo-fi graphics that allow you to imagine so much keeps Silent Hill 1 in, in place as the scariest entry of the series for me. I'm amenable to that yeah. uh, point of view. And we're going to have a lot of responses here that are uh, kind of similar to that. Just remembering the very particular circumstance under which they played Silent Hill 1 that made it stick with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it is definitely memorable mm-hmm. as a thing. Somehow, sometimes a little bit more memorable than some other entries that are flashier or even better. Yes. Silent Hill 1 has its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick says via contact, I played Silent Hill back when it first came out and was immediately drawn into its atmosphere. The way you guys talked about, uh, way you guys talk about Lovecraftian horror is exactly how the specific brand of psychological horror feels to me. Like it was made specifically for me. I would feel confident crediting the series with the reason why I'm still so drawn to the horror genre, as well as why I'm often so disappointed in the games and movies that I consume. They so rarely manage to scratch that very specific itch. Today, I make horror games for a living, and I will, I will still frequently reference the fourth elevator button while brainstorming scares. Yeah. Nice. Um, right in. Tell me what horror games you make. I, yeah. I would like Hold to, on. I would like, yeah, uh, maybe I'll stream them. Who knows? Or if, if you've yeah. not released anything and you're, you are, or well, I guess you say you make them for a living. Let me know. Uh, I'd, I'd be curious. Um, I'm curious as well. Yeah. Uh, the closest thing that I've played recently that has scratched, uh, that, that has scratched the itch. Neither of them have, pl- uh, have played very much like the original Silent Hill, but they have had thematic connections. Um, a point click adventure game called Strangeland. Um, uh, mm-hmm. has, a uh, has some real good Silent Hill stuff to it, uh, especially around, uh, uh, f- failed relationship, um, and good, uh, like, like symbolism kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and Lost in Vivo, uh, is an especially good first person, um, uh, exploration, uh, horror game. Uh, there's some chase stuff in there, so it's not just entirely a walking simulator, uh, but, uh, in terms of, uh, exploring past trauma, um, uh, as well. So those would be my two examples mm-hmm. if you are casting about for something to scratch an itch like that. You know what? You know what game had some good Silent Hill stuff in it. Which uh, Cat Lady? Oh yeah, oh, that was absolutely. a great game. Yeah, love that game. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was that was a real good one, and that had some some vibes to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. I would I I would say definitely Cat Lady. Um, all of those. Uh, maybe um, uh, what is it? Downfall a little bit less than the others, mm-hmm. but like uh, Cat Lady and Lorelai for sure. Uh, both incredibly mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is you. Uh, yeah. So Abe says via contact, uh, my only exposure to Silent Hill was watching Cole play it on Hexcrank. For me, the most memorable part of the stream was the final boss fight. Allow me to summarize. Step one, Cole dies seven times, seven times to seemingly unavoidable red lightning. Step two, on the eighth try, Cole discovers he can dodge the lightning by strafing in extremely tight circles, uh, which I guess either confuses the boss or makes him laugh so hard, uh, that he misses. Cole unfortunately dies again. Step three, Cole, f- <laughs> Cole kills the boss on the ninth attempt, but the audio glitches, so he has to reload and refight the boss. Step four, Cole kills the boss on the tenth attempt, uh, but the audio glitches again. Step five, Cole narrates the ending. Yeah, <laughs> it is a horrible boss, even with good technical yeah. skills. I, uh, I, I I believe in that case, I did not have enough uh, enough healing items left around to, uh, to, mm-hmm. to tank heal through the lightning uh let it never be said that i am an impatient man <laughs> yeah I, I i that sounds really obnoxious to me yeah i probably would have streamed a youtube of the ending of someone else doing it <laughs> um oh. uh eric says silent hill was the first video game i found truly terrifying a couple of memories stand out one i spent an evening playing with a friend who lived down the street from me until he had to go home to bed because it was school night 
At school the next day, he told me that he ran full speed the whole way home because he was so afraid to be outside alone in the dark. <laughs> Two, I was playing uh, by myself one night and got to the part where the TVs in front of the Vestal uh, Giga store turn on and Cheryl calls out to daddy. This broke me. I screamed and jumped off this couch, slapped the power button on my PlayStation, and refused to play anymore until the next day when the light it was light out. Other horror games might have been more fun, have more fun gameplay or richer stories, but no other game has ever made me or my friends freak the fuck out like something that was actually trying to kill us. So the original Silent Hill will always have a special place in my heart. Uh, I, lo- I love the uh, the person walking home on the streets at night mm-hmm. um, shortly yeah. after playing. That can playing. be scary no matter what you're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, as a thing. I have never gotten scared enough uh, playing a video game where I have like had to turn the video game off in a panic. Mm-hmm. Like a Ringu was going to stop out of it, but I, yeah. I've definitely gotten scared enough to where like, I'm like, okay, I got to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've, let's, I've, let's pause and go do something else. Yeah. I've paused and left the room is my usual, uh, my usual response to it. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see here. Charlotte writes in, uh, saying silent Hill one is a game that I really love for what it is, but also because of how important it is to my own self mythology. Let me explain. When I was a kid, my mom would often take me to do errands with her, and because I was a spoiled brat, I was usually able to convince her to buy me some sort of cheap toy to shut me up while she shopped. One day, uh, when I was about seven, we went on one of these trips, and she said maybe we could find some VHSs or a video game in the pawn shop uh, that was next to the grocery store. We asked about video games, and the guy brought out a booklet of PlayStation 1 discs. Uh, nothing in the book inter- interested me except for this one weird game called Silent Hill. Uh, I will never to this day understand why I gravitated toward it, but I'm glad that I did. It horrified me. I walked around the fog a little bit, got attacked by a pterodactyl, and was done. I was so young that not only did I not expect a game to be scary, I couldn't comprehend the concept of a horror game in general. I must have thought it was haunted or something because I convinced my dad to bury it in the backyard. (laughs) Memories. Uh, when I later got into survival horror games, it was at least partially a device for me to confront one of my oldest fears. While not perfect, Silent Hill 1 is immensely important to me uh, and to the horror genre in general. <laughs> I, I should bury more stuff. I know, right? <laughs> like That's leaving a fun present for the future. You know? <laughs> yeah, that plastic's not going to biodegrade. There's going to be somebody excavating yeah. that. It's not going to be playable, but there'll be a story there. Yeah. 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 Uh bury more stuff. <laughs> just Oh god, I forget what it was, but like uh there's an egg roast beef like he just uh he he like makes a bad meal or something and he's so anxious about uh, uh giving it to somebody he takes it out back and buries it instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <clears throat> uh Cody says via contact. I love the episode on Silent Hill. It has been a long time since I played it, but there's so much that has stayed with me. The first time I ever attempted to play Silent Hill is something I'll never forget. I was very young and staying at my grandparents' house during a family vacation. They had a PS1 in the basement while I was uh, where I was sleeping, and the only game they had that stood out to me was Silent Hill. I'd seen my cousins play a little bit of it, so I figured I could handle it. I was terribly wrong. One night, I started playing it alone in the basement and barely made it into the school before shutting it off. After wandering the streets of Silent Hill, hearing the creepy radio sounds every time danger was imminent, and then finding myself in the dark hallways of the school, I was beyond freaked out. (laughs) My grandparents' basement was suddenly a horrifying place to be, and every little house sound set my nerves on edge. Trying to fall asleep was dreadful. I was able to play it all the way through later in high school without being consumed with fear. Uh, at that age, I was more affected by the deep sadness of Alessa's story, and to this day, I get a little emotional anytime I hear the music from Lisa's tragic scene. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well stated. No notes. Uh, so we had a little break there. Uh, I want to uh, mm-hmm. correct myself. Earlier, I implied that Cold Fear was originally an internal uh, project at Capcom. Uh, that was not true. It just ended up being very similar uh, to Resident Evil 4. I got that confused with Project Snowblind, which began life oh. as a uh, as a Deus Ex 3. A Deus Ex 3. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Cold Fear and Snowblind, both of those, uh, it made sense to me to conflate those. But yeah, uh, that's incorrect. And also, Winter what, games. Yeah, and also what uh, what Rose Beef buried in the backyard was a nice shirt that his girlfriend gave him, and he uh, didn't want his friends to think he was putting on airs. He uh, he imagined them chastising him for being prideful for wearing a nice shirt. I'm, I'm surprised you missed that. That first one makes a lot of sense to mix up. That second one, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, a little, just a little bit disappointed, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but, uh, but Gwillem writes via contact Silent Hill was a big thing for me. I still have friends I met on various Silent Hill boards. It was an early internet obsession that I took much too far. Genuinely believing that Silent Hill was the one game with any artistic merit whatsoever, uh, and that it wasn't even close. That's embarrassing, but also pleasant to examine. I thought I thought it because of particular traits the game had, and those traits are now pretty easy to find. That's fortunate. I want to focus on the music for my response. So you know those intricate industrial polyrhythms that kind of define the angry part of the Silent Hill sound, mostly in the first game? I'm pretty certain that's Yamaoka looping a metal clank and a sampler, uh, then playing big chords with it. Uh, Since the higher notes repeat at a faster rate than the lower ones, they combine into a super complex beat. Uh, When he needs it to repeat, he just lets go of the keys and presses them again. Try it. You don't even need to be picky about the sample. Basically anything will turn into Silent Hill this way. Uh, It's such a distinctive sound that I'm pretty confident it's how he did a bunch of the tracks. Uh, It's a good example of the almost punk amount of lo-fi he mixes in with his more elaborate sound design. Um, and of how much more experimental he was in the early days. Like when he gets to the Lakeside District and starts fucking around with an auto harp. Horror music is very good because it lets you do that. Uh, This game is also one of the rare places where you can hear the Mellotron's electric guitar sound um, playing the main riff in the tune Killing Time. I think I've included that actually. Uh, in the episode, uh, we hear the Mellotron flute and string so often, because, including in this game, but the guitar mostly goes unused. I think in my entire music collection, it's basically Phenomenal Cat and this soundtrack. Very good combo. Also, male nurses. I really wasn't expecting that. Uh, and we'll have to examine my, cre- my preconceptions about the Silent Hill medical community. The wiki says that they're doctors, uh, but that's just their own presuppositions. Uh, we've seen with our own eyes that Silent Hill, that Silent Hill doctors don't dress like that, uh, using Kaufman as an example. Ergo, it must be the male nurse uniform. Uh, this is definitely airtight logic and not a, uh, airtight logic and clear and not a clear sign that I'm regressing back to my Silent Hill forum days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, um... I, I, so I did not mean to pull a uh, to pull a, uh, but I can operate on them. That, that, that my son is Pagliacci. Did not mean to pull one of those. I had only ever seen them referred to as doctors. Uh, and deferred to those other outside sources. But if that's just an assumption, they could also be male nurses. Uh, Kaufman yeah. could be just, just basically an administrator, um, and he's basically just an, just a crime boss uh, by the point we see him. So uh, maybe he would not be uh, d- d- done up in scrubs. So, Well, he also might just not be on duty. True. 
Um, I used to have a little keyboard called a Casio SK-1, mm-hmm. which is a very famous little miniature sampling keyboard. And what uh, Willem is talking about is exactly how that works. Yeah. In terms uh, of the higher notes repeating faster and such to create polyrhythms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is that is right on and good uh, good phenomenal cat king's shout out yeah so <laughs> yeah yeah I, I want to mess around and uh, try, try and recreate that in logic it's easy enough to uh, to do that and I'm curious yeah. I never I never thought about how those how those would have would have been put together outside of just uh, field recordings yeah 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 I, I I bet you that is that is legitimately it makes sense um, and you can get an SK one just for fucking around pretty like. They're expensive by the standard as a kid, and maybe they've gone up in price because mm-hmm. people like to break them for circuit bending purposes. Yeah, but yeah. the uh, you know it's a fun little keyboard. Yeah, it's pretty I'm, cool for that. I'm seeing them used for a hundred bucks, which seems reasonable for uh, for a music toy. Yeah, it's it's very much a toy. It's very little. It's not professional, but it does really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm seeing, um, seeing a few of them like that. Yeah. Moving on to Resident Evil uh, Eight responses nervous says via <laughs> contact uh, hey guys just a teeny one for me this month when moreau comes out with his clothes rips be ripped before the his boss battle besides the eyes and slime everywhere do you notice his arm he's got a sailor tattoo of a jellyfish with mom written on it wonderfully subtle but one of the funniest things re has ever done uh i did notice that uh not when playing but in when looking at the boss later oh yeah, yeah. uh preparing i just forgot to mention <laughs> I love um, that it's a jellyfish, but also it makes sense that he would have something about mom on him because mm-hmm. of his uh, fixation on Mother Miranda. Yeah. Yeah. I just <laughs> thought it was like, yo, he used to be a sailor. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, he just shipwrecked in the village and he's like, ah, yes, we will, uh, we will find a, a use now. for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I genuinely didn't know that. Uh, g- mm-hmm. g- good catch. Uh, Adam writes, yeah, contact. Uh, Resident Evil 8 is an odd duck for me. Uh, this is, uh, this is Adam, Adam Bucheri, uh, the, uh, the person who sponsored the episode. Um, mm-hmm. R8 is an odd duck for me. Ultimately, uh, there's some part of me that can't quite fully embrace the Gonzo theme park. A big part of it for me, uh, is that I don't find the writing very compelling or memorable. Nothing comes close to the sublime camp slash horror of Jack saying, you're about to see something wonderful before blowing his own head off. For me, RE7 and the RE3 remake are the games that have really nailed the goofy tone of the writing. I didn't realize how important this tone was for me, uh, but there is a pretty direct correlation with how on board I am with the writing and how I rank these games. And after this game, I worry about the tone of the, that the rumored RE4 remake will strike. Yeah, I do not know what that... Like, the tone in RE8 works for me, but as we talked about in the episode, it's it's pushing it. Yes. It's on the nice. So the, uh, <laughs> we'll see what comes next. Yeah, it's it's hard because the chainsaw duel, you know, where Jack says groovy and Ethan says that is not groovy. Like it's hard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to say, like, objectively, you know, or even subjectively to, to justify why that works. And, you know, like, you know, and why it's more successful than some of the equally goofy stuff later. But <laughs> but yeah, I. I my uh, I, my theory on that is it's similar to RE4, where it's a gradual transformation. Like RE7 started very scary, mm-hmm. and then by that point, we were doing a chainsaw duel. We're yeah. moving on the goof spectrum, yeah, a little bit more. I can see that. You know, it's literally just you can't just vacillate back and forth wildly. Yeah, man, RE7 is a really special game. Yeah, that's great. It's a great game. It, it feels like we. Uh, 
you know, that renaissance, it almost feels like we, we didn't deserve it. You yeah. Know? Um, Richard says via contact for me, RE8 had such a hard quality swing after the Ben Viento house. The game went from some of the best art resident evil I'd ever played to some of the worst. I have a notoriously low tolerance for action focused resident evil and the stronghold and factory felt exactly what I hated about four and five never ending combat that I was bored of after 30 minutes. I know I'm in the minority of disliking four and Noah uh, Caldwell Gervais praised the factory area. So I'm very interested to hear what you boys make of it. Will I be redeemed or further alienated? Kisses to Greta, Dottie, Pocket and Jessica. Yeah. You'll be further alienated. Yeah, we're we're Largely. both on board for those. I like the stronghold because it reminds me of the best parts of four, um, mm-hmm. and the factory is its own interesting level in its own right. Yeah, yeah, and I I cannot uh, truck not liking four. Like yeah. I love everything about four. I'm gonna replay four again here soon. I think mm. uh, after I finish my uh, get get a little bit further ahead on work. Yeah, just because it sounds good <laughs> and playing eight made me think about it. Yeah, so sorry to alienate you further. No, but I will pass on those kisses. <laughs> well, I will. Uh, just I'll throw them in with the rest. Um, yes. Doug writes via contact. I don't know if Resident Evil Eight's fingers. What's that? Re- Resident Evil is that a Resident village joke? Fingers, because uh, he cuts off two of his fingers. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. He gets his finger I, cut off. Yeah. I don't know if Resident Evil Eight Fingers was a particularly cohesive game, especially compared with its obvious antecedents, four and seven. That said, I really enjoyed its horror buffet approach, giving us some universal monsters, an internet interconnected hub, a PTSK no combat haunted house, and Gonzo anime plot lines. I felt like RE Eight came out of a meeting at Capcom where nobody said no to any ideas. So is it kind of a messy grab bag? Absolutely. Uh, But the variety of bizarre RE content on display ratcheted to 11 also meant that there was always something surprising and new around the corner. Uh, Since you can only be surprised once, I don't know if I'd ever feel compelled to revisit RE8, uh, but it was nonetheless one of my favorite gaming experiences of 2021, and I'd love to see more long-running franchises take big swings like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does, it does feel like it comes from like the breakfast gremlin, you know, like, yes, breakfast gremlins. Good. Do it. Salad gremlin. Go <laughs> print uh, kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, agreed. Agreed. No notes. Eli says via contact. Uh, you probably noticed it, that in the extra content shop, you can buy infinite ammo for any weapon you fully upgrade during the story. And do you know what happened? Uh, and do you know what weapon will definitely have the option available to anybody who has beat the game? The grenade launcher. It has no purchasable upgrades. And do you know how many points the infinite ammo grenade launcher cost? Roughly the amount that you receive for beating the game on normal. <laughs> It's extremely funny to me that this game, whether on purpose or not, sets up most players to be able to start their second playthrough with infinite ammo for such a powerful weapon. Well done, Capcom. <laughs> uh, that's just great. I, I'm a big fan of like other people when they replay Resident Evil games, make them harder. I tend to make them easier because mm-hmm. uh, I want to see the set pieces again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like Resident Evil 7, I played when I played it again, I played it on easy. Mm-hmm. When I replayed uh, Resident Evil 2 make, I played on easy and like they're different games. Like yeah. they become... You know, they're not hard, but they become fun in a different way mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also like, I don't, I, I don't get a lot of joy out of like working to save up enough tickets for the infinite rocket launcher. Just, you know, just fucking give it to me, please. Yeah. You know, let me break it. Yeah. I, I, I've beaten it. I've shown you, I've shown you, I can beat, beat it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, the, the, I I enjoy. I I specifically had to not buy that um, when I played it for when I played RE8 for a second time uh, because I didn't want to completely trivialize it. Having like a slightly better um, uh, assault rifle was just the right amount of like extra oomph for me uh, for a mm-hmm. second playthrough. So well, it's worth it's worth knowing these games have like that the dynamic difficulty that changes things. Yeah, yeah, you know. So at least with with this game, you can give yourself a little extra oomph without totally ruining the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, oomph on tap. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think this is me, KL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, KL writes via contact. Um, I played RE8 for the first time uh, along with the show and finished it a little under a week ago. I know I enjoyed the game overall, but by and large, what stuck with me uh, the most is the friction points. Uh, there are obvious seams between different versions of the game pretty much anywhere you look. Uh, the bosses are uniformly disappointing compared to the regular gameplay loop. The devs decided we wanted the worst parts of, of the RE7 plot and characters, etc., Part of my problems are definitely entirely in my head. I was hoping Lady Demetresque was secretly a Frankenstein the whole time, instead of the ultimate chimera from Mother 3. Uh, but it's not just technical flaws or a troubled dev cycle. It's outright bad directorial decisions, like the interminable crisp parts, or Miranda getting iframes so she can monologue during her boss fight. There's positive stuff to take from the mess, too. The surviving villagers getting conspicuously built up, only to get killed five minutes later, it was one of my favorite favorite moments in any game that i've played this year i'm hoping i can go back to the game next october and enjoy it without getting hung up in the same ways uh new game plus if nothing else we'll always have heisenberg we'll never lose heisenberg heisenberg always be there for you yeah agreed i just i i have just i've cracked myself up by saying why is everyone dying on me uh just whenever (laughs) anything inconvenient happens to me crack an egg yeah <laughs> Greta, Greta, just like yesterday Greta knocked a uh, a cup off the t- off the counter i said why is everyone dying on me <laughs> as i was getting the paper towel that's great that's uh, very funny yeah yeah <laughs> uh, it's it's certainly slop like yes. sloppier than than what came before it Mm-hmm. You know, so I could I could definitely see in the the first time I played it, that stuff didn't bother me at all because I think I was just really in for the roller coaster ride. Oh, the novelty I mean, was was a selling a point enough on its own. I was just there to see what was next, even if what was there didn't immediately work for me. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm certainly I've, I've definitely come to peace to really love it as its own thing. I think is where I'm on at on it. Yeah. Um. I don't think I don't think this response Kale's response is wrong. I think they're right about those things. But yeah. At least for for my purposes, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it didn't bug me too much. I noticed them more on the second playthrough uh, when the novelty was away. I think I think Doug's uh, uh, Doug's point stands there. Um, yeah, you can't be surprised multiple times. Uh, and finally, Tom says via contact, I love the camp horror of RE8, even though it was not as scary as RE7. I mostly agree that it felt like a victory lap, but I also feel now like it's an incomplete game. Despite that, I somehow still really liked it. I've had so much fun, and I platinum the game over many playthroughs, as well as watched the Nicole Thompson Let's Play, Elena, Daniela, and Vil, uh, Jill Valentine's voice actor, where she hears from actors who played the various lords. And oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there was some fascinating things with these actors. Whole sequences they made that never reached uh, the game. But since they were all mocap actors, they cannot be sure what the context was for their work. The Castle Dimitrescu actors, for instance, had no idea what happens in the factory. It's fascinating to me because the game felt finished when it came out. The cracks are showing, like how Heisenberg never gets to have a, a fight with his, ha- his own hammer, despite uh, its focus as a threat, the missing Moreau enemies, and of course the constant owl imagery in the background. The Duke was supposed to have an owl as his family crest. Uh, it is a great look at what goes into a project like this versus what comes out. At a massively fun time, but I also want to know what the game would have looked like if it had managed to maintain its original wider scope. Mm-hmm. Also, again, watch Nicole Thompson's Let's Play because it's a treat. You have everything from Lady Dimitrescu uh, rifling, uh, riffing her castle uh, to Angie the doll's voice actor making creepy sounds to scare Nicole. <laughs> uh, that does sound very fun. That sounds like a good time. Uh, I generally yeah. don't watch streams, but anything like that. So I've seen um, like just behind the scenes footage of the actress from Lady Dimitrescu. Uh, like maybe somebody mm-hmm. shared like a like cameo, like a, like a cameo, like we saw uh, from the actor who played uh, who played the Duke. Uh, that actor mm-hmm. seems cool. I, I imagine I imagine a let's play with her would be fun. Uh, similar like creator let's plays. Um, uh, a, a let's player Voidburger who does Silent Hill stuff. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, did a uh, d- did a couple of streams of I believe Silent hill 2 with the person who translated it um hmm. kind of in the in the in the uh, passenger seat explaining stuff um mm-hmm. yeah I, I i think that is a really good use of uh of streaming as a uh as, as a medium for extended yeah. uh kind of creator insight stuff that's interesting yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing i've seen with her is youtube keeps trying to show me her reading thirsty tweets uh... to lady dimitrask and i have not w- watched that because i thought it would bum me out <laughs> i don't I just, uh i i don't uh, yeah I, I that might actually really make me sad yeah there's only so much like i need you to sit on my neck stuff <laughs> from the internet that i can handle like <laughs> at some starts. point i start getting kind of depressed by it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like and i say this as 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 a genuine lover of the experience of sex but there's so <laughs> there's so much else to life you can do a lot of other cool stuff yeah yeah and horny I mean, weirdos <laughs> um like yeah i, I can uh, see not wanting to play around in the spaces too much sorry i i don't yeah i imagine i would also i would also be just a little bit a little bit sad by that just think like yeah yeah there's, there's been some horny on main stuff that I've seen recently that has bummed me out. I uh, I went to a, a thrift store with Derek and or like this antique mall, basically. Mm-hmm. And they were selling these screen printed shirts uh, in one of the booths that were like, I'm a Virgo and I love cunnilingus. And there's uh, all the different astrological signs. OK. And it was like and I, I say this as like one of the world's preemptive fans of cunnilingus. Like, I don't know what the end game is for that shirt. Like, is the idea that someone sees it and they're like, oh, man, this guy's down to party in a way I like. I, like, all right, you know. It I, just, it felt crass and disgusting to me. I hated it. I, <laughs> I, 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 I hate the term, but that sounds like a purely academic, uh, in, in the most purely academic sense, virtue signaling to me. Like, it, it's a way, yeah, like a way or, of or advertising yourself as a, as an enthusiastic participant in uh, an act that maybe there is perceived, a perceived rarity. Uh, for enthusiastic participants of Um, and and even that's like so outmoded like you can just you know how about you know somebody doesn't go down on you you don't date them yeah yeah no no they're they're not a team player 
<laughs> yeah, it's like that, that, that's horseshit. Like that, you know, that that's that's sex. Like they're like, I don't know. It's just, and then uh, my friend who shows me just nightmare dating profiles <laughs> uh, had as his religion uh, kind of linguist. Um, uh, and I was just like, man, again, it's it's not the act that's gross. It's no. just you're, it, it's it's crass in it, a way that just doesn't. It's not funny. It's the yeah, I, I, I don't find it very funny. And also like mixing it with the uh, mixing it with the, the, the horoscope sign. I mean, if it's yeah. for all of them, like if it was like a particular thing where like it's definitely Virgos who are mostly in the pocket uh, for, uh, yeah. for, for for making, you know, visits down, you know, downtown. Um, yeah, that would, yeah that, that would that would be funny. Uh, but uh, the be... fact that it's all of them, no, I, I mean it would it would be more funny. It would not make me yeah, laugh. Yeah. It would not rate a laugh from me. But like that, I would at least find that to be like educational in a weird way. Like, huh, that's what people think <laughs> horoscopes mean. Okay. The, the, the funny thing would be if all of them just said normal horoscope things, <laughs> and then one of them was just like loves cunnilingus and it was sold as a set. <laughs> Like that's a funny idea for horrible shirts. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but, like, there's, just, there's just something horrible about like just being like it would be the same thing. It's not just you know if you just shirt just like I love sucking dick. Yeah, and it's like no cool that's awesome. Yeah, you know with the world appreciates your service and like that's rad. <laughs> you know suck on genitals they're great. Uh-huh. But just that wearing on a shirt is just weird. It, it's kind of confrontational in like a Marilyn Manson way. Oh yeah, I you mean, in, in in a Marilyn Manson's output way, not Marilyn Manson as a uh, as a person who, who no, no, acts no. like yeah. the Onion, like Marilyn Manson going door to door trying to shock people. Yes, yeah, like it, it's just it's so like proud iconoclast in a way that I think is just disgusting. Yeah. Edgy. Like, I mean, like, what, what, yeah. what we're what we're hitting on is this is this is edgy. It, it is a playful kind of edgy, but it is still edgy. You know, it, edgy in a way that specifically I think should dry up any pussies. <laughs> Who see it? Like should just turn them. They should blow into dust like enemies that are long dead in Super Metroid. Yeah, there there should be uh, there 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 should be some kind of societal contract. Also, I don't yeah. like when shirts have words on them anyway. So, fuck. It, <laughs> yeah, if, if they're gonna have words, I don't like to mm-hmm. have those words. Yeah, yeah, that's but, that, yeah, that, that's, that's at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at an antique mall. <laughs> these are these are my rare vintage <laughs> Penalingus horoscope yeah. shirts. <laughs> <laughs> They're on top of a stack of doubloons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the phrase "antique mall" has really lost a lot of a lot of cachet. You know? Yeah, yeah I got a lot of California raisins lunchboxes there. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man, um, yeah. So don't ask Lady Demetres to stand on your neck, please. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And Maybe do, do it do because it want. doesn't, it doesn't fuck. I, fuck. I don't fucking care. Do what you want. I just don't, I don't want to yeah. have to, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be part of it. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't consent to being part of your, it's not fun for me to be part of your thirst mm. for this fictional character who is played by a real actress who wired then asked to read these things. And she's just a regular person. <sighs> yeah. You know, yeah. it just, uh, I don't know. If, if any, if any measure of like real life harassment or weird weirdness has come her way as a result of that, then burn it all down. Oh, there's a thousand percent chance. Oh yeah. Like that somebody hasn't been fucking horrible and weird to her about it. Yeah. On Twitter. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody has been fucking gross about it. Yeah. Uh, just God damn it. <laughs> Keep it in your pants, people. Um, just, uh, chill, chill out, please. Yeah. Um, uh, on that note, <laughs> on that weird, uh, if, definitely uh, not a non sequitur note. 
Yeah. Hey, I can't remember how it came up even. <laughs> um, if you uh, if you have things to say about November's games, you can hit us up at duckfeedtv.com/contact, uh, and that's always going to be by the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. And those games are Left 4 Dead Two, Stardew Valley, and Starcraft Two: Wings of Liberty. Yeah. Um, and if you have thoughts about November, or sorry, December's game, uh, then yep. uh, you can write in by the fifteenth of uh, of uh, December. Uh, yeah. Should we say what that game is, Gary? We should do it. Let's let's uh, not this yeah. once and really just make him angry. Let's just surprise him. Yeah, take that, Jack. Um, <laughs> no, we're we're doing uh, we're doing Fallout Four and yep. all the expansions. Mm-hmm. So uh, Fallout Four, all of its uh, base building, and uh, you know, sl- you know, better than Fallout Three story. Uh, mm-hmm. And annoying radiant quest, but really fun world to explore. And then the DLCs, which I have not heard enough people talk about because they're generally really good. Yeah, um, we're unsure how the uh, premium stuff is going to go for that. Uh, we're gonna... I think it's going to be uh, point point, uh, not point lookout. Oh, bar f- far harbor. Yeah, I think that's the way it works out. So I think that if we do um, an episode on like generalities, you know, and then uh, kind of main quest. Mm-hmm. And then continue that with side quest, yeah. cover the main body of the game, do the miscellaneous DLCs, and then uh, Far Harbor will make a really great yeah. full episode. Okay. So. Cool. Uh, and it's because it's, yeah, it's a five-week uh, December. It is. So we wanted to do a big game that would fill it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Fallout 4. Um, and that takes us outside of Tactics and Brotherhood of Steel. That's uh, all the mm-hmm. Fallout games. Uh, uh, Fallout Shelter, too, and I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, and 76. Fuck. They, yeah, yep. they kept, they kept they making keep them. They keep doing them. But that's okay, because <laughs> right after that, first game of November, Fallout Brotherhood of Steel. Mm-hmm. Get your balls, energy soda, <laughs> and join us for uh, the, the Dark Alliance branded on Fallout that I somehow hate. Yep. So. Yeah. And we're not really doing that. Nope. Um, yeah, but we are uh, coming up on the end of the year, uh, which means two things. One, um, we are booking into next year for WAFs. So if you want to sponsor one, we're already taking those. Mm-hmm. We got the schedule uh, tentatively set up. Hit us up uh, at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. It also means that we're coming up on DuckStream. Mm-hmm. We did not do a DuckFest this summer. Um, we were both kind of wiped and the pandemic yeah. wiped us out and it just didn't happen. Yeah. But we are going to do DuckStream, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is going to be on the weekend of the 17th, 18th, and 19th. Yes. So mark your calendars. We'll have uh, specifics as it gets closer. But as always, it'll be a good time. Uh, I think this is mm-hmm. coming up on like the eighth. This is the I think the eighth the eighth annual because our first one I think was, it's the eighth as well. Yeah, yeah. Our first one was uh, was twenty fourteen. So yeah, and this is also uh, this is going to be uh, again like last year uh, days and nights mm-hmm. as opposed to twenty four hours. And West Coast crew, unless like the gamma variant or something comes about and fucks <laughs> up, we are going to do it in person. We're all vaccinated and we feel comfortable with that. Nice. So we will get that slumber party energy uh, over at Nick's new house. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. ex- excited to hear that. And uh, the Duck VD stuff, uh, going to do more participatory things uh, on ours. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's going to be real fun. Um, you know, more more details about what exactly we'll do will come uh, as we put them together. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a blast. And uh, every year it is, you know, consistently, uh, it is a privilege to get to do it. And mm-hmm. it's really good uh, to be raising money. We are still raising money for Transactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is our uh, kind of charity partner. Yes. So we raise money for other things from time to time. But uh, mm-hmm. Duckstream belongs to Jen Burlton and crew. Yes. Uh, Transactive is an initiative uh, now run out of the um, uh, Lewis and Clark College. Wait, uh, what's yep. up? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I, I almost said you always say SU, but it's Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Lewis and Clark uh, that specifically provides um, resources and education for trans youth, their families, and their communities. Uh, it is a mm-hmm. fantastic uh, organization, and uh, all of the generosity in the past has made a huge difference for them. And um, uh, we're looking forward to continuing to help. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, going to be really fun. So look forward to that. Mark your calendars. Give if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will see you next time with Left 4 Dead. Oh, community server. Oh yes, yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, that. That's up. It's going. I was on there last. I was yeah. on there uh, yesterday afternoon. But it. Uh, um. Uh. It was there. Was there was nobody there. Uh, there are people okay. there. <laughs> it's for yeah, patrons. people are planning it in the in the Slack. It's for patrons. Yes. So if you want to play Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, with duck feed people in preparation of the episode go to uh, you know it's three dollar patreon level that gets you into the slack we'll mm-hmm. get you access to that yeah. um and we have a channel where people organize multiplayer stuff in general and that has been being used for left for dead yeah uh check it out we would like to Indeed. we would like to uh play that with you yeah absolutely um yeah i think that's about it think so um yeah good episode yeah Take care. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.